This podcast replay is brought to you by Craig Zins, Acura Pembroke Pines. Visit the number one volume Acura dealership in the Southeast United States 12 years in a row at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. All righty. Welcome aboard. It is Friday. You made it. We are at Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines, baby. Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. Ready to wrap up the week. Got a bunch of things to talk about. I got a bunch of things that I'm laughing about. I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of entertaining. This world is very entertaining, you know, it's, uh, but I kind of get it, you know, so we'll talk. We got a lot of things. We got a couple of folks that will be visiting us. Uh, we will have uh, David Ferronis at 1030. And Manny Navarro will join us at 11. So we've got that going on, of course. We got Sean Stanley joining us here, of course, leading the program and mastering the platform. How you feeling today, Sean? You feeling good? All right. I. All right, well, he's, he's I. What can I tell you? If you're I, then you're I. You know, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, so we're just, uh, I'm actually just reposting uh, on social media that we're live. You know, so that way everybody kind of knows on social media. It, it's funny because you would figure, you know, like you guys that are on it. Uh, you, you get the notification bell, it tells you, you know, but a lot of people are lazy, so you got to kind of remind them, hey, we're here, just so you'll know, and so it's kind of what I'm doing there at the same time, so there you go, it's a final one. By the way, Billy Corbin tears it up on Instagram. <laughs> City officials must be terrified of him. It's awesome. It is. Billy, you are awesome, by the way. I just want you to know you're freaking awesome, dude. You are on top of it. Way more than most of us. That's for damn sure. Anyway, so a bunch of stuff to talk about. And we are here at Craig Zinn's Acura Pembroke Pines. By the way, the uh, the ZDX, I think it is, is uh, is about to go on sale here in in two months. I think March, they told me. Uh, it'll go on sale, and uh, it is the most powerful EV SUV on the market. It has 500 horsepower. So I'm going to get one of those probably at the end of this year. That's probably what I'm, I'm searching for. That's what I'm going to get. So uh, make sure you check it out because that's going to be uh, pretty damn cool if uh, you want to get one of those. I am expecting a good day in the market. And those of us, of course, that woke up on the Pendle side of the bed, uh, you're already loving it. You've been loving the Pendle pickup for a while now. And uh, and Pendle continues to ride, baby. Ride, 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 which is a beautiful thing. I love it. And where's it at right now? Pendle is up 9.52 right now. 9.5% approaching $3 now. I love it, dude. Love it. And Bitcoin right now is in the 43 range. It's been stuck for like five months in uh, in a $5,000 zone. 
is what it's been. I wrote an article this morning on Cointelegraph. No, last night was it or this morning? I forgot. Anyways, um, and, and it's been like that for for like five months in a in a five thousand dollar window. That's a, that's how you know you know how potent a a uh, a commodity must be. Not only that, but it's moving within five thousand dollars. I talk about Pendle hitting three bucks. <laughs> okay, you know, it's, and it's great because I got Pendle at a dollar thirty-four. So, you know, dollar thirty-four to three dollars is amazing, right? So, but it's funny. I don't. I don't think people. I don't think they. they it's you take it for granted, the power of it. You know, like oh, you you oh yeah, anything moves five. No, there is no other commodity in the world that moves like that. At all. It's not even close. So it's pretty cool. But I am expecting a good day today. So uh, it's uh, and uh, the GBTC flows from Grayscale have been less. Yesterday, BlackRock bought more Bitcoin than Grayscale sold. So that, that tells you all you. And then there's, by the way, all 10 ETFs or 11 ETFs that are out. I think it's 10, actually. The 10 ETFs in two weeks, Sean, they have accumulated... 3.3% of the Bitcoin in two weeks. They've, they've accumulated 3% of Bitcoin. What do you think happens the next couple months? And now the GBT, GBTC outflow is dying out now. So that's not offsetting it anymore. Now we start to see the climb. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. What you got, man? Your boy Teddy Two Gloves coming home. What's he signing with? Uh, oh, he's a coach. Where? Miami Northwestern. Okay. Oh, it's alma mater. Yeah, it's alma mater. Yep, okay. Yep. All right. That's good. That's good, man. And that's and that, good for, for him because I, I. That's great I feel, for the kids. No, that's what I mean. But he, that's what he is. That's what he brought more than anything. Leadership. I think, is the leadership and and the teaching Smarts. and you watch him and yeah. he, you know, as you said, it's just he didn't get that gift. Yep. He got the gift of knowledge and, and seeing everything. He just didn't get the... Yep. Uh, let's see. I see uh, C says, uh, Big O, how's crypto? I just bought some more Polygon. Uh, just to give you a heads up, man, um, you should uh, download Exodus. And Exodus, you can have it on your PC, and it has an app. So you can manage it. You have your 12 words. So make sure you save your, 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 your keys. Those are your, that's your passwords. Right, and save it and save it in the order and everything. Keep it somewhere. Do not put it on your phone. Do not ever put, write it somewhere, save it somewhere, put it in a safe, whatever. Put it in a lockbox, put it in a safe box, whatever you want to do. Just keep it somewhere. Uh, But do that. And Exodus, uh, you could get right now Polygon 6.52%. So have your Polygon grow. I'm a huge Polygon guy. I, I don't know if you know or not. But uh, buying Polygon still at 80 cents right now where it's at is, is still a bargain. It's a monster bargain. And stake it at the same time on Exodus, my friend, so you can get 6.52%. On Exodus, you get 4% on Ethereum. You get 3% on Cardano. You get 6.5% on Polygon. I'm a big Cosmos guy. I've been picking up 17.5% on Polygon right now. It was up to 22 at one point, but it's at 17 and a half right now, and you get it 1% on VeChain. So these are all 
uh, stuff that I'm invested in, and I have it staked on on Exodus. Uh, so I would suggest that you know not only do you invest, but then have it work for you at the same time while while it's doing. So while it's growing in value, you're also you know adding more Polygon because you're you're getting the interest on it. So you're going to add more Polygon and more Ethereum and more Cardano and you know things like that. So make sure you look for those kind of things that'll help you out, and that makes your investment an even better investment when it's all said and done. So. Uh, that's uh, that's the way to go, C's. Good luck to you, sir. Okay, uh, Steve Chapman, I see is number one in on the chat board. Um, uh, let's see what lies ahead for our Dolphins. It's an off season, and we'll see what they do, man. You know, Kyle Cockrell is in. He says, "Did you see Myro had dumped big time? I'm glad I was able to get out and some profit. One thing I'm learning is you need to take profits on the way, or you will get wrecked." Yes, and no. Uh, when it's meme coins, I agree. I haven't taken any Polygon out. I haven't taken any Bitcoin out, and I'm in the green. I'm in the I'm in the green big time with Bitcoin. I'm in the green big time with Ethereum. Um, I'm not really in the green yet with Cardano. Maybe a little bit. Polygon, maybe a little bit, but no. It, it all depends. You know, um, the the bull run is starting now. So I'm going to wait on these kind of coins, but on meme coins, Kyle, you are a thousand percent right. See, that's the only thing that I would change on your statement there. With meme coins, example, uh, I like SHIB, right? Sort of. And I made a big investment in SHIB two years ago. It went 15x. When I told you guys to, where were we when I was talking about SHIB? I think we were at Onside. Pro yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably Onside. It, 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 yeah, it was Onside because that's where Donald turned me on to Bitcoin. And then that's where the I got the bug and it took off. It wasn't at 1210. It was at Onside. Right, right, right. But it was, no, but it was during. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was definitely on onside. I told you guys about SHIB when it was at six. Zero, like six zeros and a six, I think it is. And it went to 91. So it's five zeros and 91, obviously. And, um, and it went 15x. I took out all my profits. I, I took out my investment and I took out profits. And then the, the, what I had left, I got to tell you, I've converted... 70% of what I had left into Shido. Because I'm believe I'm 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 really starting to believe big in Shido. And uh I've invested a, a good amount in Shido. Uh and so I've 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 gotten that in that direction. By the way, I again I am not a financial advisor by any stretch. Shido is just under a cent. It's a very low market cap. Shido just uh also put out their own app. And you can get it off the Shido website. So if you're iOS or Android, they have it there. And they're going to have staking at 8%. So I'm also going to stake my Shido. Um, I, hell, I may do something I've never done. I'm, I might want to become a validator uh, with Shido. So um, might, might take my, I might take my crypto experience and knowledge to another level. To, I don't want to get into mining, but maybe, uh, I, you know, uh, Shido's giving people a good opportunity to be a validator, and uh, and I, 
you know, that's another way of, of earning more, uh, more money in the process and having your money work for you. So um, the one thing I would say, Kyle, yes, take your profits always in, in a lot of things, right? But for me in general right now, since we're so early, I, I haven't taken any Pendle out. Pendle's approaching $3. I got it at $1.34. I have no interest in taking because I know I'm just starting now. So I'm going to wait till it really, you know, 10, 20 X's. And then I can start to really start to take out some stuff because we're in the beginning of it. But on meme coins, the second it blows, you need to take profits right away. So if you did on Myro, God bless you, bro. You did the right thing, Kyle. Good, good stuff, dude. Really smart on your part. Uh, I, I, I don't mess a lot with meme coins. I've only done SHIB. I, I just don't really. It's too risky, you know. I know, I know there could be big hits with it, but it's so risky. Steven Gonzalez is in. He's hoping the DC will get resolved. I got a, I got some funny stuff I got to talk about with that. Uh, Brooklyn Rob is in. Can't believe people are so butthurt by Tua's performance in the passing competition. What what do he do? I don't know. I didn't even see it. I'm guessing it's bad because uh, I, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see it at all. I I don't even know what it is. I missed it last night. It started. I thought it was later than what it was. Yeah, it's it, it's Pro Bowl All Star. I have no interest. <laughs> I don't give a shit about All Stars and Pro Bowls and any of that stuff. So I I didn't see it. I don't know Brooklyn Rob. Maybe I'll watch it when I get home. I'll go look for it, see if it's on YouTube somewhere. Uh, let's see. Joseph is in. Miles Deep out in uh, Vegas, baby. Costa Nostra. Angelo De Jesus. I wish you two would clone yourselves and have this show going 24-7. Thank you, Angelo. It's too nice of you. I appreciate you, man. Uh, Ray Sosa. Jamie Zoria out in San Jose. Ray... Varnicus is in Orlando. You're going to see the Stones this year. I I probably will not. It's a lot of I've seen the Stones a whole bunch of times, dude. Um, probably not. I saw them the last time that they were here. There was a little rain, right? And who I forgot. There was a good opening act, and was it like Green Day opening act for them or something? Um, it was uh, it was cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, that was probably the last time I'll see the Stones. I probably won't go see the Stones again. I've seen them a whole bunch of times, man. Uh, Brian Landis, Nikolai Roll. Uh, Jay Gelfin, thank you, Nikolai, by the way. Very nice of you. Um, let's see. Gus Gus 1388. Alexis, One-Eyed Jack. I'm thinking Miami helps Shula. Nah, nah, nah. Remember, uh, uh, Shula was with Sean McVay. For the last seven years, they were teammates in college. So these two are tight. You know what I'm saying? And Sean knew that he was going to hire him, but he gave him the opportunity to go interview because, dude, it's the Dolphins. It's Shula. It, you know, one of the things I like about McVay for being such a young guy, he gets it. And he understands the league and he appreciates the league and its historical, you know, significance to a, a lot of things. And the name Shula is one of them. So there's a lot of things that was going on. Miami was doing Shula a favor to get his name out there, help him with that process. And now McVay is helping his friend by giving him a promotion now that he needs a defensive coordinator. And he's paid his dues for seven years. So I don't think it's much more than that. 
I don't think Miami was ever hiring him, but Miami was doing him a solid. And then at the same time, McVeigh is rewarding his friend that he's known since college and played with and has coached with him for seven years and obviously must be happy with the results that he has as a linebacker's coach and a pass rush coordinator. Let's not look too much into this, okay? This is a franchise doing a solid for a man named Shula, and this is Sean McVay, you know, promoting his coach and his friend that he's known for a long time and has paid his dues. So I, I don't think it's any more than that. Uh, I just I think we have this whole um, uh, what's it called um, um, conspiracy theory society that everything has to be a conspiracy theory. Like all these morons are making more out of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey than what it is. It's just two people in love. And that's all it is. You know what I mean? But you got, you know, a bunch of idiots on one side that want to make it all, you know, political because they got nothing better to do. They got to fill time. Kind of like with the Dolphins. Some people have to fill time and fill writer's space. And we'll get to that too. Uh, C. Dola, yep, we saw that with Bridgewater, Lisa Rose, Skylar Tipton, Jim Rios. Yes, sir. We got breaking news. What is it? Actually, not breaking news, but... News that breaks. Puxatani Phil did not see his shadow today. Oh, That's old news. He's not predicting an early spring. He's predicting early spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Jim Rios, Lacey Baker. I'm only used to Hispanic people having... Well, you do have a Rios in there, so yeah, there's some Hispanic in you. Because I thought only Hispanic people have 46 names. Josh is in. He's a corporate time-stealing weasel, and we love that. Ray loves the Greta shirt. Gotta always love Greta. Lenny Pena says, I'm usually a regular, but I missed yesterday's show because of work. I couldn't be a... Crime, st- I mean, a, a corporate time-stealing weasel, but I'm here today, baby. Yeah, there you go. Steven Gonzalez says, oh, please give me an app to download, to buy, and check crypto. Uh, Exodus, crypto.com. Um, Exodus and crypto.com for now, okay? And then CoinMarketCap is just a regular website. You should use that, too. Because coin market cap, you can put any coin that you're looking for, and you scroll down, and it'll show you all the places where they're selling it, so you can buy it. Okay. Uh, let's see. C's. How's that spelled? I, I exi- How's how's that spelled? Exists. I think. Oh, I think that's something else. Okay. Alexis split seventy dollars this morning, thirty on Ethereum, uh, and on Bitcoin, and Polygon, and on Polkadot. Okay. Nice. Very good. Very good. You did the, the 40, 30, 10, 10, 10, right? I got you. I got you. Very good, sir. That's smart. Very smart. Very proud of you. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was going to get a job, dude. Drago, Giovanni Castelloni is in. Charbear. Is this chat slow mode too? Yes, it is, sir. Everything is slow around here, sir. Life is slow. Pro Bowl is a joke. Skills games are breakdancing. I, 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 I didn't see it. So I don't watch the hockey. I don't watch bat. The only all-star game, I, and it's game, the only one I will watch, believe it or not, 
it's baseball. Because it's the only one that's actually like close to the real thing. Well, not anymore. Doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, God, they took that away like three years ago. Yeah, again, we don't follow baseball. I get it. It's funny because that's the sport I follow the least out of them. Out of hockey, basketball, and football, and baseball, baseball is the one I follow the least out of the four. But I have zero interest in watching football, basketball, and hockey in all-star games. Zero interest. I will not watch it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. Now, the baseball one, that one I watch. That one I will watch. It's crazy. It's weird, but... You know, what can I tell you? Yeah, it is great weather, Nico. It is fantastic weather. I don't even have to aim the, the fan towards me. We have like a couple fans this here, and I usually, one is usually for me. The other one's for Sean. I didn't even bother switching. It's like, because I know Sean, he's like the polar bear. So let him have it because he can never have enough uh, air. So, but for me, I'm like, this is super comfortable, bro. Feels good, man. Cap for Life says, is it true that Joe Flacco has won the Comeback Player of the Year? No, Tua won it. No, he won Sporting News. Sporting, sporting News. Okay. Who, like 600 all right. Who, 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 the NFL gave it to the who? NFL honors are Friday before the Super Bowl, right? Oh, okay. So, so I don't know that they've yet. done that one. But but I know. You better not give it to DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin won one, one of the outlets Comeback Player of the Year. I saw that's that last so, week. That's so And then cheesy. Tua was announced the Sporting News Comeback Player of the, of the Year. So, I, I mean, again, every outlet kind of has their own, so. Personally, I would give it to Baker Mayfield over Tua. I'm just going to be objective here. I love Tua to death. You all know that. I believe in Tua 1,000%. Okay? I think Tua's a freaking stud. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried at all about Tua. But he doesn't deserve that award either. I give it to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield deserves the award, dude. He played well this season. He completely resurrected his career. Tua just came back from an injury at the end of the season, but he had played well last year. So you're just coming back from a concussion from the last couple of games, the last five games that you missed. Baker was in purgatory for the last couple of years. People thought his career was over. In my eyes... The definition of a comeback player of the year is Baker Mayfield, and it's not even close, dude. Tua doesn't belong anywhere in that in that award. And Damar Hamlin, Damar Hamlin deserves a courage award. Whatever you want to give, it takes balls to almost die on the field. Or no, he actually died. Okay, it takes balls to die on the field, get resurrected, and then have the guts to say, I want to go back and do what almost killed me. That's courage. That's not comeback. That's courage. And you actually have to be a good player that's had setbacks to then come back. Where was DeMar Hamlin ever a good player? Where? Where? Lamar Hamlin was a backup, a, 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 a back end of the roster, a third stringer maybe. Yeah, I mean, nothing. 
I mean, he was... He was inactive almost the whole year, yeah, except dude. for, like, the last few games. Yeah, he's a nice story, and he has shown us courage, more courage than I ever would have, okay? Because I think if I, I died on a football field, I think I might say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to test fate anymore. I'm gone, I'm done, I'm moving on. But in order to be a comeback player of the year, you first have to be a player. And DeMar Hamlin's never been a player. You see what I'm saying? That's, that, that's, that's the part that, forget, the in, forget coming back from that. You have to be a player in the first place to come back. That's what you're coming back from. DeMar Hamlin was never a player. So he's not coming back from jack shit. Okay, let's just be honest. Let's just call it like we see it. We have a problem in this world to do that. Whatever outlet, please tell me the outlet that gave him comeback player of the year. You're a joke. You're a joke. And and, uh, you're such a joke that you insulted the hell out of Baker Mayfield, a real player that resurrected his career, truly resurrected his career, DeMar Hamlin has never had a career. He's trying to create a career in the NFL. He's created more of a career as a motivational tool than he is a player. No no kid is growing up saying, I want to be the next DeMar Hamlin. Why? Because you've never been a player. Yes, sir. All right. He was the 2023 NFL Comeback Player of the Year, chosen in voting by the Professional Football Writers of America. Well, there, now we know why writers have gone to shit. Now we know why writing and that profession has gone to absolute and total shit. That's all on, on emotion, right? I mean, yeah, as far as... Because here's the emotion, only thing. Not even... Both but, but DeMar Hamlin's the definition scene. is my no, problem. No, I get that. But, but what I think is the, the scene that you saw... With DeMar Hamlin when he was, you know, the situation there. And then also the scene of Tua in in the game against when he's getting taken off the field. Yeah, exactly. And then they take that. And I, I don't think that that's been seen in a while. I know it's happened in the NFL, throughout the NFL. And the, but recently, you haven't seen those injuries. And I think it's more based on emotion rather than what the definition of, to me, of comeback. what a comeback player of the year is. It's just, well, he came back. <laughs> <laughs> but it, has he been playing? You know, right. and it's it's one of those things where right. I think the scenes have dictated kind of right. where the voting went, especially Chad, for the writers. Chad goes, hear me out, Big O. Hamlin had the ultimate comeback, comeback from the dead, something only Jesus did. Just saying. Well, then, give him a courage award. Give him a comeback from the dead award. Okay? He's not a comeback player. Player, that's the, that, player, he's not a player. He's never been a player. He's been a scrubberini trying to find a spot on a team. Let's be honest now. Let's, let's compartmentalize. One of the words we love to use on this show, our emotions. We like DeMar Hamlin. He's a likable kid. We root for him. All that stuff, right? 
But he's not a player. He's not coming back from anything. He was never a good football player, ever. That's what comeback player means. Now, come back from the dead player. Let's create the award and give him, uh, you know, and, and we can, you know, it could be somebody lying down and somebody giving like CPR. And then, you know, that's kind of what it is. But it can't be somebody throwing or catching or intercepting because or, that's not what DeMar Hamlin does for the Buffalo Bills ever. He's not a player. Baker Mayfield's a player. You know, I, I, I could give Tua the award a thousand times over DeMar Hamlin because at least he came back and he was a player. DeMar Hamlin, you know, I get it. We're having fun with it, uh, Chad. I get it. But, you know, it's, it's to me, it, it's just we get caught up in the bullshit emotions and – this is what happens. So the Pro Football Writers Association did give Baker Mayfield the most improved player of the year. But what's the difference between most improved and comeback? Isn't that just, I mean. Okay. How about Jared Goff most improved? <laughs> he probably got it last year. <laughs> and, and, and how about then Baker Mayfield, the comeback player of the year? You know what I mean? How about James Cook most improved? Did he not have 1,500 yards for the Bills or 1,400 yards? Is that not most improved? When did James Cook do that? Anybody know that? Did James Cook have like 13, 1,400 yards last year? How many, how many yards? So this is, again, lazy writing bullshit that goes on in, in the media nowadays. You know, this is the kind of crap. Off the top of my head, I came up with a better, most improved player than these fools did. Okay? James Cook. Let me see. Where's where's James Cook? This year? And then last year? 1,122 yards. How about last year? 500? 400? Yes. Yeah, it's usually before 23 is 22. Yeah, I, I just want to remind you that 22 is right before 23. Okay, so he had uh, 89 rushes for 5.07. 5.07 and then 1,100 and whatever. And how many touchdowns did he have? Two. No, and two touchdowns. And then this year? He only had two touchdowns? He only had, he had 1,100 yards and scored two touchdowns? What did he have receiving? How did he touch the ball so much and not score? Oh, Josh Allen is the vulture. I forgot about that, dude. But Josh Allen, you have a vulture. Yeah, you have a Get touchdown. Get down toward the goal line. You have a touchdown vulture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jalen Hurts uh, touch push, right? There was a running back years ago that I had in fantasy. And, and he would not get the touchdowns, and then there was a vulture. By the way, Leroy Horde, was, who's in town, he was a bit of a vulture too. Yeah. Uh, when he was, I believe, when at times, you know, other guys, because he was great at short yardage. If I remember correctly, Leroy would take away some short yardage touchdowns from some, from some drives because he was so good at it. Uh, but I, I remember having a, a, a running back that, like, would get a lot of the yards, and then they'd use a, a short yardage guy. Four receiving touchdowns for James Cook? Yeah. And how many receiving yards? Uh, 445. 445. How many did he have the year before? 
445 to 180, 500 to 1100, James Cook, a better, most improved player right there. Come on, man. I mean, let's let's give the award to people that actually have earned it, dude. Manny's at 1030? Yes, Manny's at 1030. Manny's at 1030. And Ferroni's a – no, Ferroni's – no, wait a minute. Why are you confusing shit? No, I have Manny at 1030, exactly. And Ferronis is at 11. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I, I texted him too. All right, let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Let's, uh, let's talk a little Canes with the one and only Manny Navarro right here in our Canes where Miami Hurricanes report. The viewpoints, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, media grouping, ownership, management, sponsors, or website. If you're a Miami sports fan, there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanwear in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2655 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at Caneswear.com or InnerMiamiWear.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop. Time for Canes fans to get what they want. Information, insight, and perspective. It's the Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes Report with Manny Navarro. Exclusively on a Big O radio show. Here's Big O and insider Manny Navarro. All right, all right, all right. Welcome aboard. How you doing, Manny? You feeling good? Feeling good, brother. You know, reaching out to uh, my people around the program, just talking to people about stuff. You know, it's the offseason, trying to dig and find out what's going on. That's all. I'm with you there. You know, I was having this discussion before you came on because, you know, people are talking about, like, DeMar Hamlin, like, comeback player of the year. And I have a problem with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, I because I, I, somebody already gave him comeback player of the year. And it was the pro football writers, which, like, I'm really disappointed that the writers would do that because he's not a comeback player. Don't you have to right. be a player first and foremost? So mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was a player like Heisman. He started in Cleveland. I think they even made the playoffs one year with him. And then obviously he had to decline and he was off the map the last couple of years. And last year he resurrected his career. He's going to get a $40 million contract. He took Tampa to the playoffs. That's comeback player of the year material in my eyes. You right. know what I mean? Somebody that was down, somebody that was already a player then became, then got down and then bounced back again. Uh, Kurt Warner did that. Remember when he went to the Giants? Mm-hmm. He fell in a freaking hole there and then went back to Arizona and boom, that's comeback player of the year. For me, I would give DeMar Hamlin a courage award because Correct. it takes courage to die on the field and say, no, no, I'm going to go back and do it again. But he was right. never a player in the first place, dude. He was a... A backup, backup, a role player. He wasn't. He was trying to fight yeah. for a spot just to be in the damn NFL. That's not yep. a player, right? I agree 100% with you. I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, like you said, some of this stuff is predestined, right? Hey, he takes the field this year. He's got to become back player of the year. 
but that's not what the spirit of that award is. And I'm, I'm in 100 percent agreement with you. you. You give him the courage award and you let a guy like Baker Mayfield who truly earned it uh, and, and, you know, all the crap he's taken right for being a bad quarterback and a bus as the number one pick. Uh, to, to coming back and, and not having all the success he did, I think uh, you're, you you nailed it, brother. Once again, you nailed it. Well, I, I, it's not nailing. It's just common sense. It, somebody gave to Tua a comeback. Dude, I'm sorry. Tua was a yep. player last year. He's just coming back from a five-game stretch that he missed. He was having a – he was in the MVP conversation last year for, for a short stretch. Mm-hmm. There's really no – I would give it over Baker Mayfield over Tua and – and there's no bigger apologist, cheerleader, fan, believer, sucker, whatever you want to call me about Tua. You can call me whatever you want about Tua. There is no bigger believer in him than I am in this town. But I'm still giving Baker over Tua, comeback player of the year. To me, brother, I'd give James Cook more a comeback player of the year. How about that? He had 500 yards rushing last year. 1,100 this year. He had uh, 180 yards receiving. He has, what was it, four or 500? 400 or 500? 445 this year. That's comeback. That's that's most improved player of the year type of awards. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That That's, that's the, I just wish we would look at things the way they should be instead of, oh, let's give DeMar Hamlin a little extra love for all this PR stuff and, Come on, man. I don't know. I just found that weird. I, I I'm with you, and, and I hate I hate that that kind of stuff still happens in today's age. You think with especially with all the analytics and all the information and the stats out there that you wouldn't have something this blatant uh, being done, but it still happens because uh, people want to sell a story. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. So what's going on in your world? Uh, what What do we know, Canes wise? Anything on the recruiting side that we should know about? Well, it's interesting. Last night I was exchanging some text messages with uh, with Stuart Mandel over at The Athletic regarding Miami because, as you know, the big thing in college football right now is the NCAA going after Tennessee, right, for uh, recruiting violations with in terms of NIL and inducement and that kind of stuff. And obviously Miami's NIL, uh, you know, was previously investigated, uh, you know, when John Reeves was running things um, because they, they, they had the issue with the Cavender twins. And they were looking into uh, different football players and all that. And now the University of Florida, who signed Jaden Rashada, you remember Miami was very much involved in the Jaden Rashada mess um, because he was committed to the Hurricanes, uh, first committed to Florida, then committed to Miami, then flipped and signed with Florida. Um, That whole thing uh, that went down, um, you know, I I think the NCAA is kicking the tires behind the scenes to see – what they can get out of this. Uh, they're, they're coming after Tennessee for private jets and flying, uh, you know, guys cross country uh, when they signed their quarterback, Nico Amialeva uh, from, from California. And so the NCAA is, you know, trying to come up with stuff, trying to investigate, see what they can get to, to get people in trouble. Miami is not officially under investigation right now, but I think just, you know, be on the lookout for anything that could potentially come down the road because of Jaden Rashada and because of that kind of stuff. So how does, have you heard anything about what, what, what direction we're going in in college football with all this NIL stuff and how it's going to be policed and, you know, you're you're watching coaches walk away from college football now. Yeah, uh, you're watching mm-hmm. college. You're watching them either retire 
or they're going to the NFL. So clearly, uh, the the job of coaching college football has completely changed. And I, it, I, I think it requires even more work than it ever has because yeah. you're such a babysitter and you're constantly almost like a PR man trying to constantly sell your program to these kids who can leave at any moment. So what what's that dynamic like right now? Because that's not – we're going to start getting to a point where there aren't going to be a lot of good college coaches left over, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing you have to remember here is that recruiting is something that uh, a lot of coaches don't want to have to do in general, right? If they're coaching football, they don't want to have to spend time convincing kids to come for the, you know, for their program. They they, w- they would much rather live in a professional sports type atmosphere where you sign the player to a contract and contractually he is obligated to show up and deliver. And if not, you can get rid of them, right? And find somebody new and and all those kind of things. College football, you know, Charlie Baker, the new NCAA president, hinted at this a couple months ago. Uh, they, you know, they put out a, a statement about creating essentially what is a premier league, right, for college football, 35 to 40 teams. I think down the road, oh, talking to some people in college football, I think this is going to happen. I think we're going to eventually graduate to the point where there are 35 to 40 teams who can honestly play for the national championship, and then everybody else in college football goes back to doing their rivalries and playing games that, you know, matter to regionally. Um, but it's going to require money. It's going to require a budget. It's going to require a lot of different things. And it's going to require the NCAA accepting change. And right now the NCAA is playing catch up because they didn't put any rules in place for NIL. And so, uh, schools like Tennessee are fighting it and saying, you didn't have any rules in place. We're allowed to sign players to NIL contracts. And the NCAA essentially is saying, well, no, what about amateurism? What about, you know, this isn't pay for play. And these are rules that we told you didn't exist. So it's a huge monumental battle. And I think essentially what we are on the eve of, uh, oh, is the end of the NCAA because their role uh, is not what it used to be, right? We are now in the pay for play era. We were for a long time under a different guise, but now it's official and legal and the Supreme Court said it's legal to do it. So uh, we're going to have a battle here the next couple years. It's going to be interesting, but I think eventually we are going to graduate to a Premier League type system in college football where uh, if you're in the Big Ten, if you're in the SEC, or if you're a team like Florida State and Miami who's trying to get into those conferences, um, you are part of that elite group who has the money to compete for championships, to pay players, to pay assistant coaches, to maintain what you need to maintain. So. I, I don't know when we get there. I don't know if it's in five years. I don't know if it's in 10 years. Oh, but certainly I think it's inevitable. It's funny because I'm going to use an analogy that you will not understand. And I'm going <laughs> to lose about 80% of you out there on this one because some of you do because you follow the show. Some of mm-hmm. you have become crypto people. But yep. it's Tennessee is saying, well, you haven't put on any rules for NIL. Well, in crypto... A lot of people are going after Gary Gensler and the SEC because they're trying to enforce when they have put no laws and rules in place for crypto. They're treating crypto like they use stocks, and it's completely different, and it can't be measured the same way. And yet, that's a battle that's going on in court, which, as you say, we're watching the end of the NCAA. We're also watching the end of Gary Gensler as the as the head of the SEC. So it's interesting how what you're talking about, it, it, it goes over in the, in the world of business. Now, speaking of NILs and things like that, Ruiz, his name hasn't been nearly as prominent in the last 
10 months yeah. or something. So what's going on? Talk to me. What's what's the deal here? Well, Who is it UM's trying to distance themselves? Is it him also knowing that maybe there's a lot of hot water he wants to distance himself? Is he trying to cool things down? What's going on? Because we had that big Herald story, all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, and people who have tuned into our show and, and to this segment, I've, I've told them this over the last uh, several months and year that Miami, their own collective, the Canes Connection, has taken over primary um, organization and funding for the collective, for, for Miami's NIL efforts. And Ruiz has slowly been quote-unquote phased out i don't know that he's necessarily been phased out like uh like they've told him go away it's more like he's dealt with his own issues he's had his own things to deal with and to my knowledge from what i was told this morning by someone i think the only person left on the ruiz payroll is nigel pack as far as university of miami athletes so the canes connection is basically doing all of the deals now um miami is allowed to be involved in the fundraising efforts for the collective because the new rules have been applied and so um, I'm not saying that uh, they wanted Ruiz necessarily out because I think they were very happy surviving with him, right, running the show for two years while NIL was sort of establishing itself. But now I think Miami's grown into a role where they don't need to rely on him or his money because, as I've mentioned many, many times before to people who just didn't want to believe it, there are a lot of people in the city of Miami with money who support the University of Miami and want to see the program win. And so Miami's NIL collective is very, very strong. Um, they have a budget that's one of the best, I think, one of the best budgets in college football, and they're able to afford what they need to do so they can sign great players and build a program to compete for a national championship. Okay. Uh, what do we know about Cam? What's he doing to uh, get himself ready for this yeah. season? Well, he's on campus. I think he's playing catch with his receivers. He's going through offseason workouts. He's doing uh, everything that, that, that a quarterback needs to do to get ready for the upcoming season. Look, he's got uh, – there's three new freshman uh, receivers. Two of them are on campus already, Nykar and, and JoJo Trader. Uh, they're already enrolled in classes. I think 16 of the 27 uh, high school recruits in Miami's number three ranked recruiting class are on campus already. So all of those guys are going through offseason stuff. Uh, if you follow – uh, Aaron Feld, Miami strength and conditioning coach on Twitter. You'll see that he was blowing a horn today, I think, at 4.30 in the morning in Coral Gables. I'm, I'm sure shy. pissing a lot of people off. But, uh, look, they're doing all their offseason workouts and preparing. And, you know, uh, the quarterbacks have to work with the receivers and spend a lot of time, um, you know, uh, just playing catch and, and building that chemistry. And so I know Jacoby George and Xavier Restrepo and, um, you know, Miami's tight ends and, and all those young receivers are out there. Uh, the running backs are out there, and, and he's running those things with them. All right, good stuff. Uh, anything else that I uh, did not ask that we should be asking with the Canes? No, just that, uh, you know, I, again, I, I try to emphasize this. Um, I'm writing a column on on, on the uh, recruiting classes for all the in-state schools, uh, you know, USF, UCF, Miami, FSU, Florida. Um, you'll never convince me, oh, that you can just win by – taking transfer portal guys and of course not you look at uh you look at michigan right the team that won the national championship and what essentially was a down year for the sec because alabama and georgia weren't necessarily as good as they have been um those recruiting classes on average were still top 10 recruiting classes for michigan jim harbaugh still did an excellent job and i think when you look at the path that all of the state schools are on and you say well who's the next program that's going to win a national title I know the record hasn't been there. I know his coaching hasn't been up to snuff. But 
Mario is accruing the most talent from the high school ranks and the most consistent top five, top 10 recruiting classes. And ultimately, this is still a talent race. And if you can get a lot of elite offensive and defensive linemen, you're probably going to have the best chance to win a national championship. Michigan proved that. They had a really good offensive and defensive line. You still win with that. You still win with running the football and shutting the run down for as much playmakers as you have at the quarterback position and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think this Miami team is trending in the right way. And if you're if you're thinking who's going to win a national title, I think Miami is on the closest path of all the state schools to get there. You still have to kneel. Still got to kneel. There's no question about that. You still okay. got to coach. No matter you still how much to get the job done. No matter how much talent you got, you yeah. still got to kneel. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's oh, there's no question. You got. You can you have a lot of talent, and you can still tell Vinny Tester, no, go ahead and pass. It's a good thing. No, no. Think one interception. No, no. Go ahead, Vinny. Go two. No. Go ahead. Three. No, don't go ahead. You're Oprah tonight. Everyone gets an interception. Go ahead. So you can have a lot of talent and still screw it up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll tell you, um, for, for, for the Florida State fans who listen to this thinking I'm crazy, um, Mike Norvell's done a terrific job, right? Like what he's done the last two years. But there is an expiration date with with transfer players, right? Yeah. They all got to leave eventually. You get them in their in the third or fourth year coming to the program, so you only have them for one year. And Florida State's recruited decently, but not as good as Miami on the offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's where you're going to see the difference in the next couple of years, why Miami probably passes uh, Florida State. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Let's hope so he, uh, he does a much better uh, job on game day, and that would complete him. Uh, as a coach, that's for damn sure. All right, follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro and catch his work there at The Athletic. Better yet, subscribe to The Athletic. Manny, as always, thank you, my friend. We will catch up next week. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. Take care. Thank you, sir. There you go, Manny Navarro and our Canes Wear Miami Hurricanes report. Don't forget, use our code Big O10. You will get 10% off at Canes Wear in person or online. And when you go online, by the way, if you're out of town, you order over $99, you're going to get free shipping. Use our code BIG010 and you will get 10% off. Even if it's on sale, you will still get 10% on top of this sale. It's a beautiful thing. Somebody, one of our listeners was like, hey, oh, I want to thank you, man. I bought this uh, for my daughter. It was on sale and I used your code and got 10% off. It's a beautiful thing. Caneswear.com. They got heat. Marlins, Panthers, Inter-Miami gear, Dolphins gear, and, of course, practically everything with the Canes logo. Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience. Family-owned and operated since 2010, Caneswear has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inter-Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at caneswear.com. Caneswear, the spot Miami fan shop. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. Frankie says Tua did not do a great job in the QB skills competition, but it's not his fault. They put him on the wrong competition. He should have had, he should have replaced Mostert on the golf competition. Don't blame him. Blame the NFL. I don't know. What competition did he do? 
Oh, what are the odds? Taylor Swift's next album is about the Chiefs' season this year. A track for every game played. Track 18, Cooking the Fish. That sounds good. But I think she'll only sing about him if they break up with her. Give Hamlin the Resurrection Award, but the real comeback player of the year goes to guys like Baker, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, or Joe Flacco. There you go. Uh, do, 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 do. I didn't realize McVeigh and Shula were that tight. Well, they went to state. They, they were teammates in college, so they've been friends since college. And you know how you guys know how that is. Everybody knows, guys or girls, man. People that you develop a friendship in in college or high school, and you continue that friendship. That's a that's a bond that that just you know gets strong over time. You know what I mean? That's always like that. Anyway. Uh, we got uh, David Faronis to join us at the top of the hour. Um, let's uh, let me get into a couple of uh, well, at least one dolphin story before we get into um, uh, joining uh, David Faronis here on the program for hour number two. And I listen, Sean and I do this show, and I would love to get thousands and millions of views and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it would put a little more money in Sean's pocket and my pocket, and we got to survive and feed our families, so it's great and all that. Fantastic. If you write articles, you'll want to get as many clicks. If you're on television, you want to get as many people watching, all that kind of stuff. I get it. We want to get downloads, everything. And I get the media plays that game, and I don't, I've never played that game even when I was working in a corporation, I just don't do things for shock value or trying to get clicks or to fill space. The latest is Mike Vrabel. People either talking about Mike Vrabel, writing about Mike Vrabel, or or, or talking on radio or talking on television, right? Or blogging about this. Mike Vrabel for D coordinator. Okay, let me ask you guys something. Okay, why would you do this? It's never going to happen. It's not even a thought in the building. Mike Vrabel's not going to take a step back. He wants to be a head coach next year. Do you think he's going to go for a defensive coordinator? Oh, and he's going to tell, oh, you know, I'm only going to do this for a year. So somebody's going to hire him for a year because he's going to leave you because he's going to try to get a head coaching position? Are you people stupid out there in the media? I'm just, I get it. Look, fans can say, fans, fans are fanatical. I'm sorry that I pick on you people a lot out there because some of you are fanatical. You're crazy. You don't think. You have no common sense, but you're fanatical. You're allowed to do that. In the media, you're not supposed to be fanatical. You're supposed to be objective and try to look at it. Why would anybody hire Mike Vrabel when he wants to be a head coach? Why would Mike Vrabel take a step back? So what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to go and and uh, go work as a janitor in a uh, in a radio station and not work actually in front of the mic? A- am I supposed to you know be a uh, an intern now at a radio station? No. No, no, I'm not. I'm not applying for anything like that. I'm either the host or I'm not doing the job. Period. Uh, and Mike Vrabel is the same thing. He's either a head coach. He's not interested in any. He's not a failed head coach that has to go back to being a coordinator. 
He's an incredibly successful head coach. He's one of the top 10 head coaches in the NFL. What makes you think he would take a, a defensive coordinator position, you moron? What makes you think anybody is even thinking of Mike Vrabel at defensive coordinator, knowing he wants to be a head coach and he'd only be with you for one year? Is that good for continuity in your team? You moron. Okay, so if you're a radio host and you're talking about Mike Vrabel as a defensive coordinator, you're an idiot. If you're a podcaster and you're talking about Mike Vrabel being a defensive coordinator, you're a moron. If you're a writer talking or trying to sell to your fan base or make reasoning why Mike Vrabel, you've got no freaking life and you're just doing the cheesiest thing in the world, filling space. Okay? There's no shot Mike Vrabel is the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins or anyone else. This is a guy that midway through next year will be offered a job because one or two or three coaches will be already on the hot seat midway through the year, and they're going to say, yeah, let's get rid of him and let's start our, 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 our coaching search. And Mike Vrabel will be at the top of the list next year because there's a bunch of teams right now going, shit, we'd rather have Mike Vrabel than the guy we got right now. Man, next year, if he doesn't, there's owners going, you know, if uh, our, uh, our coach ain't doing that good, I want that guy. It might be Stephen Ross saying that, dude. But the dumbest thing, and I get it, you're just filling space. But if you actually believe this, then you're, you're more naive than I ever thought you would be. Okay? Mike Vrabel will not be a defensive coordinator at all. He'll be in the television booth. That he could do, I don't, I don't even know. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that, he kind of looks like he would be boring for the television booth, actually, to be quite honest. He doesn't look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's only going to be there for, he's only going to be there for a year. You know what I mean? Now, now TV can hire you for a year. They don't care. They can use you up for a year and, and spit you out. But I keep hearing this. And, and, you know, when you guys mentioned it to me, I told you there was no shot, right? But I keep seeing it, and I see people talk about it and writing about it. And to me, it's the silliest shit in the world. And it's what people do all in all walks of life and entertainment and politics and music and sports and all and they just write articles or fill space on television shows and, you know, uh, um, uh, shows where you, you, you have banter and all that kind of stuff because you just come up with crap so you can fill space. And Vrabel to the Dolphins is just crap that fills space. Nothing more, nothing less. If anybody's actually talking about this in any kind of serious level, you have no idea what you're talking about. I hope I'm clear enough on this. Yes, sir. No, I want to. Scott Tipton was asking, was Vrabel, Vrabel a tight end? No, he was not a tight end. He was oh. a linebacker. But what they did was on the goal line situations, I believe they brought him in and they threw some passes to him. Yes, they did. Which, you know, he wasn't necessarily a tight end, but they did bring him in for that role. I think he had like 
Two touchdowns. Four, two I want to say was it two, two? Okay. two, maybe three. I doubt. Yeah. You look it up. I'll look it up here in a minute. Look it up. I want to say two touchdowns, maybe three. He had no more than that. But yeah, they use Vrabel as a um, as an extra tight end, and he actually made it. That was with the Patriots. He did it. Uh, by the way, Sloman's Home Shield. You see Alarmo there. One eight hundred Alarm Me, folks. They've been protecting Americans for over a hundred years. And if you want a free doorbell camera, tell them that you listen to the Big O Show. You're a big fan of the show. And when you use our professional installation and our low-cost central station monitoring, you're also going to get an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. And I'm telling you, that free doorbell camera, you're going to love. It's going to save It's going to save you a lot of effort. You don't have to go to the door. You just check your phone. Who's at the door? Oh, they're trying to sell something. Let them keep barking. I mean, let them keep knocking. I just send my dogs to the door, and then they start, they push the door, and they're barking, and those people all back off the door, and I'm watching it on camera laughing my ass off because there's two dogs just barking like, and they just want to just tear your effing head off. I I, I trip out when I do that. But anyway, uh, I should record that, shouldn't I? That would be actually good to play it on the show. But anyway, 1-800-ALARM-ME so you can pull the same joke I do. And by the way, if you have heating oil, we have fixed fixed prices at Slowman's. Yep, one oil deal different number. If you want to get heating oil, we're in 14 different states. 1-800-1-866-OIL-DEAL. Fixed prices will save you hundreds. Please call Slowman's if you're in a colder part of the country. Our, yes? Mike Vrabel. Yes. Ten catches. Yes. Ten touchdowns. No way. For real? That many? That was studly. Wow, I didn't know the Patriots used them that much. It didn't look like it was that much. Oh, he had two for KC. So then they stole it because the Patriots started with him. Okay. Wow. Damn, that's more than I thought. I thought it was like two or three. Ten. Ten for ten, too. That was pretty good for Vrabel. But seriously, enough with the Vrabel defensive coordinator. That's some stupid shit. It'll never happen. In fact, I'll run it by David Faronis. See if he gets suckered by that, too. Hour number two, we start off with David Faronis and our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report. Oh, great. You have a doorbell camera. Now you have a front row seat to your house getting robbed. No pointing into my house! Ooh, there goes the TV. I'm sure it'll turn up at the pawn shop. No, not the TV! Just because you can see them, that doesn't mean you can stop them. With Slowman's, you get 24-hour monitoring, a free home security system, and professional installation. Plus, free doorbell camera, one that'll actually work for you. Get out of my house! Get out of the house! Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. When presenting an award to an employee, athlete, executive, or fantasy GM, make sure you call Orvieto's Awards and more. For 35 years, these custom award specialists have been providing plaques, trophies, custom framing, while providing state-of-the-art laser and computerized engraving, UV printing, and glass crystal etching. They do all their engraving and printing in-house for quality control. Call Charles at 305-949-8098 or visit them at orvietosawards.com. Vieto's Awards and more, where recognition is rewarding. 
There is no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zins Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zins Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They're committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. Property damage claims to your home, business, or condo as a result of a hurricane. Welton Rayom can help. Water, mold, fire, smoke damage, Welton Rayom can help. Call 954-966-4646. The viewpoint, statements, or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., Ownership, Management, Sponsors, or Website. Rise, football fans, as the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins report with David Veronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider David Veronis. All right, all right, all right. There he is. How you feeling, my man? You feeling good? I'm doing well, doing well, yeah. Uh, getting some good rest now in the offseason. Uh, so uh, uh, I like that. <laughs> I haven't seen all your articles, so I got to go by ignorance here. You haven't written any of that foolishness of Rabel for defensive coordinator, right? Um, I, I've had articles naming candidates, and then uh, I might leave a note like, all right, Mike Vrabel also was just fired, uh, but not like okay. not like giving him the whole name and then the big, uh, you know, whole rundown, sort of just mentioning, hey. You realize there's no shot at that ever happening, right? Like, no shot. Like, like there's so many reasons why. He would never take a defensive coordinator spot. He's going to get a job halfway through next year when they're firing people again like they do every year. His name will be number one, so he just has to wait. And next year he'll have a job. Why would he go backwards to defensive coordinator position? And what's he going to do, go to a team for a year? Because he's going to say, hey, guys, I want to be a head coach. And then here's the other thing. I love the people that talk about it for Miami. Yeah, so Mike McDaniel's going to hire a more successful coach than him. The guy he lost to last year. The guy that at any moment when things go wrong, the people above Mike McDaniel say, you know Mike Frabel's a better coach than this guy, right? Why don't we just fire Mike? And, and why don't we fire one Mike and hire the other Mike? You know, like there's so many reasons why this would make no sense. It'll never happen. Plus, Mike Vrabel has no reason to go backwards whatsoever. He's being paid by Tennessee right now. He will be paid by Tennessee next year. And there will be a line going out the door for Mike Vrabel next year because right now there's a couple of owners going, you know, 
I'd rather have Mike Vrabel than the guy we have right now. So if things don't go well, I'm going to be eyeing Mike Vrabel here. And they probably told their GM that already as it is. So to me, the, the silliest thing to, to write, talk about, blog about, whatever, is Mike Vrabel. It's like what Alf just wrote now, which is hilarious. He goes, Miami should hire Vrabel for D.C., Sean McVay for QB coach, Andy Reid for OC, and then bring back Shula to be the head coach. It, it's, you know, it's freaking awesome by Alf because that's basically it's the same clownery. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if that's a word, but to me – it's just silly talk, dude. Oh, do you, do you then get Bill Belichick as linebackers coach? Right. Like, was under Bill Parcells yeah. before defensive coordinator, like with Lawrence Taylor with the 80s Giants. And all He'd be a great fit. He'd be the ideal candidate, right? Come on, uh, man. The same, yeah, from, especially from a pride standpoint, for, for both sides, really, um, uh, Mike Vrabel and Mike McDaniel. Vrabel just beat McDaniel in that December game on Monday Night Football. So it would have to really take a big uh, sort of like digestion of your own pride to then go and be under the, uh, a coach that you, you did beat head to head in a recent matchup. And then for, for Mike McDaniel, see, uh, I wouldn't want that either if, if I'm him. Uh, you see, like, like it's a little bit different with the Brandon Staley thing because he McDaniel at least sort of maybe humbled Staley in their last meeting uh, when he put up 36 points against the Chargers in his defense after there was one meeting where Staley got and, and Staley's a failed head coach where Vrabel is a successful head coach. So it's I was just looking it up. Huge 54 difference. and 45 in his career in the regular season, and then he has two playoff wins uh, from one run of a few years back. So, yeah. And now I wouldn't say no chance either because then I, w I was just thinking of uh, Dan Quinn uh, at, at, because he was hired uh, th within this week. Uh, so then it got me thinking, wait, so uh, when he – uh, what and uh, and the Falcons parted ways. Was he then immediately defensive coordinator of the Cowboys? And he was. Uh, it was the very next year, 2021. Then uh, he goes and takes that job. Yeah, yeah. So, but he was he was a failed coach. I mean, it yeah. was going no, he did get bad. To Super Bowl too. No, no. Early he, no in career, right, but then it went completely it did go down. Downhill. Yeah, it went downhill for several years straight, like three years straight. It got worse and worse and worse in his game management skills and all that. There was a lot of problems with Dan Quinn's teams as a head coach. And it went downhill, and he had to go back to being a head coach to kind of resurrect his career. This is different. Mike Rabel did not fail. This is some stupid idea by the daughter of, of, uh, of Bud Adams that, you know, whatever. You know, and she wanted to fire him. But Mike Rabel, I don't think anybody would say Mike Rabel deserved to get fired. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. You would put it on a zero percent chance. I'd put it at zero. Like no more than a five than a five percent chance. No, I'd, no, no. I leave, leave a slight window open. No <laughs> window. Slight. No window. <laughs> None at all. He's not failed. It's if he was a failure as a head coach, then I would give you a higher, a way higher percentage. But a guy that is definitely head coach material. No way. That guy has to stay back and and get paid like a head coach next year from Tennessee because he's under contract and wait for a team yeah. to knock on his door because somebody's going to knock on Mike Vrabel's door next year. Yeah. I, I don't know if there was something different with Dan Quinn's contract situation when that occurred. So may, uh, that that could also have uh, something to do with it. So. Yeah, yeah. But but Dan was had to go back and kind of resurrect himself and then get back and get another head coaching job. And that's what, uh, by the way, that's what Raheem Morris is doing also. Raheem Morris was a failed head coach, 
had to go back to being a coordinator. Actually, I think he ended up becoming a position coach, then a defensive coordinator, and now he's back to getting another head coaching job just like Dan Quinn. Both guys had to kind of resurrect their careers after failed runs, unfortunately. I actually kind of forgot about Raheem Morris's first uh, stint as a head coach until I was uh, just researching all the places that all the different co uh, coordinator candidates had, had gone. And, uh, I mean, you know, and, and Morris was like one of those, like like Vrabel almost, where it was all, it was just an outside, very outside shot. I mean, he's gonna, he ends up becoming a head coach this cycle. But I was just doing my due diligence just in case. And then I, I remembered, oh, yeah, he was. Uh, previously a head coach uh, that that one time. So. I was uh, I was in the combine the year he got the job uh, with the Bucks for being the head coach. Right, it was the Bucks, right? If I remember correctly, I, right, it was the Bucks, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, and I was smoking cigars with a very prominent head coach that is still in the in the league right now, uh, and three other assistant coaches, like two scouts, and like three agents and so it was all of us we were at uh nikki blaine's and we we're all smoking and talking for like till two in the two like two in the morning 1 30 or something like that and uh and raheem got the job and most of those guys including the head coach who knows him personally they were so pumped for him and they felt like he he is a, an up-and-coming star in this and then unfortunately because he was young and I, and I see a lot of Mike McDaniel in the mistakes that McDaniel makes. Raheem kind of made those kind of mistakes, too, where he thought he was he could get closer to the players. You know what I mean? Because he has that, that vibrant personality. Raheem, I don't know if you've ever met Raheem, but he's got this amazing personality, electrifying personality. And, uh, and maybe he was a little too young and green at that moment. But uh, there are people around the league that really like Raheem Morris as a coach. So it's going to be interesting to see if he learned his lesson from Tampa and then can, can get it done because we have a guy that now we've seen, while you like his personality and you like his offensive mind, there's no doubt, but there, there are some problems, there are some issues because he's a green coach and we're watching mistakes that are constantly made and if he doesn't fix them, it goes by the way of Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. Yeah, and, and I'm optimistic on McDaniel on that front. I, I feel like he's very aware of, of what his own shortcomings are. Uh, it's not like you ever catch him when you bring something up and it's not like he that caught him by surprise or he wasn't already thinking about it more so is what I'm trying to say. And he's not so defiant. He's not defiant with you guys. Like, no, that – that's not happening. That's right. not true. Doesn't get defensive that way. Right. Yeah. 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 Yes. So yeah, he's aware of those things, and and I think he does try to attack uh, any shortcomings, whether it's his own, whether it's that he can identify on his staff, on his roster. He he tries to attack those things. So it does leave me confident that um, whether it's uh, play calling and looking at himself uh, as a play caller, whether it's that he I don't I don't know if he'll necessarily give up play calling duties. I don't think he'll go that far, but. Uh, if it's just taking an introspective look at how he, he goes about those things and uh, makes the small tweaks and adjustments that are necessary, I have confidence in him to do that. Well, let's hope so. Uh, so let me ask you, in the uh, in the bullshit department, <laughs> you know where I'm going? Well, you're asking the right guy then. <laughs> you, you know where I'm going? Oh, is this uh, Javon Holland? Yeah, you believe in Javon Holland at all? <laughs> huh? 
I, I'm not even sure he was putting that out there to really be taken seriously. I think he was pretty – it seemed like he was just very much joking about it. Like he was – everyone knows what he meant, and then he's just kind of like having fun with it at, at this point. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he was even laughing when it was first brought up. Like, yeah, you know, and then he's just giving you this uh, this uh, little bullshit uh, anecdote on how he just happened to be – kicking rocks outside at the same time that it happened. He had no idea. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't even uh, saying that to be taken seriously, like if he was really denying it. But all right. all, all just, just own up to it, bro. Just say, hey, man, I'm having fun with it. He doesn't want to be here. Kick rocks. We love it exactly. here in Miami. That's it. Yeah. Roll with you it, even baby. Tell, Come on. You can even tell the way. The way um, uh, at the end of that uh, answer with uh, with Josh Moser from uh, Channel Seven, and he he just uh, goes, "Oh, but I, I wish him the best, though," or, or whatever he said, and you could tell there was uh, like like a tone to it that uh, <laughs> he didn't necessarily truly wish him the best. Of course not, dude. I mean, give me a. I I I hope Javon Holland knows that none of us believe one. Well, most of us, at least, there are naive people out there. But most of us don't believe one single word he was saying yesterday. We know what he meant, and that's fine, dude. I have no, I have no problem. Listen, see, here's where I went against Jaws, because when Jaws was saying, "Oh well, you know, I heard down there that some of those guys weren't dedicated, and the guys are complaining that you know they they like to party," uh, dude, uh, it's Jalen Ramsey and Javon Holland. Uh, no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> That's where I'm defending Javon Holland. He's not that dude either. He's not hanging out in South Beach. He's not the guy that's chasing ass all over the place and, you know, has uh, five baby mamas and all kinds of – no, no, that's not Javon Holland, bro. Javon Holland is all business, and he's as pro as it gets. And, by the way, so is Jalen Ramsey. So, to me, that's where I'm going to defend Holland against Jaws. But then at the same time, I'm going to say, Javon, Come on, bro. Don't give me this bullshit. <laughs> you told them to kick rocks, and that's good. I got no problem with that. Yeah. And I answered a question from a, from a reader uh, about that exactly, those comments from Jaworski on our uh, Dolphins Q&A that, that I published yesterday morning. And basically I said the same thing, we're, and we spoke about it as well. That You look at the guys who uh, were saying something. We know publicly – Jalen Ramsey throughout the season, uh, he was open about that. He didn't like how he was used. He wanted to be used more, in fact. So he was he was really arguing the opposite, not that he needed to work less or needed more time to party or anything like that. Javon Holland was a captain in year two as a professional. So that's not the guy that you question as far as his commitment, his work ethic, uh-huh. uh, you know. Yeah, sometimes he's like trolling us in the media and stuff, or like turns down interviews as far as like some like like other aspects of of being a professional athlete. But as far as his work ethic and uh, what he he gives you on the field, um, and just that dog factor that he has, uh, th- that's not where uh, where you question Javon Holland. And then Cam Smith with the unlocked emoji, and obviously he was buried on the depth chart in Fangio's doghouse all year. Maybe with him, just because we don't know, he was a rookie. Uh, and, and maybe it didn't click very well with him in, in his first year as a professional w- right. working with Fangio. And we just really don't know what, uh, what was really going on with him. But, uh, yeah, th- 
that's maybe really the only one. And then maybe just a different uh, tone in the locker room, different setting, different coaching style could, uh, could resonate with him uh, to get, get him going as a professional. So uh, he was really the only one that you look at. And then maybe it was draw was jaws hearing that from Fangio who was taking one player in maybe if it was camp Smith and then saying it uh, like, if it, like if it was the whole locker room or whole defensive side, sort of exaggerating the case, or uh, or was Fangio sort of uh, maybe like making generalizations about okay, oh th- those are young players, they're in Miami, all they wanted to do was party when he probably had no idea what they were doing in their own time, whether they were partying or going home to actually get some rest and watching film and studying and doing all this so they're ready for the next day. Um, so. Or Jaworski just exaggerating the case on his end to uh, to back right. up uh, his guy. So yeah, there's a which, lot of different things that could have gone on there. I'm going to go with the latter on that one. I'm going to go with Jaworski doesn't know jack shit because he doesn't know anybody down <laughs> here. He's full of crap. His old ass doesn't know anybody down it's here. It's Fangio's side. It's Fangio's side that he's That's all. That's all. There. He's the yeah. Philly guy taking the Philly homer approach and protecting Fangio and the decision and all that. and. And it's not, it's not like anybody's going to follow up and go chase Jaws. He's not important to the big picture in the process. So, yeah, it is yeah, it is what it is. All right, so what do you got going on the Sun Sentinel so folks can check you out, my friend? Yeah, just uh, well, going into this weekend uh, pretty open. So I'll just keep my eyes out for defensive coordinator updates. Something could happen this weekend. We know uh, interviews were going at least through today, so – um, uh, and I'm seeing an update now on Twitter. They, Anthony Weaver, he's still in the mix uh, from a Baltimore reporter, uh, as John Harbaugh said in a press conference. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so a lot still going on on defensive coordinator. And then, uh, yeah, just taking it from there, uh, depending on what happens. And then I still got some stories in the back pocket uh, that I haven't put out there since back when we had locker cleanout days. So defensive coordinator getting uh, reporting ways, uh, the whole search opening up, that put everything else uh, – that backed up everything, so um, I'll still have some stuff going uh, uh, later on and then uh, some draft prep later in the offseason. All right, good stuff. Follow him on Twitter at David Ferronis underscore. David, as always, thank you, my brother. We will catch up on uh, on uh, Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday. Yeah, or are we switching to Mondays now? Or is it Monday? Mondays, yes. We'll catch up on, on Monday, I think it is. Mondays? Yes. All right. All right, my yes, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. You got it. There you go. The great David Ferronis. That's right. Mondays and Thursdays, he's going to be joining us now. And uh, don't forget Welton Rayom, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. And I tell you this all the time, and I, I talked to Jeff yesterday. A couple of you called. One of you has a case. One of you didn't have a case. Uh, well, you had a case. The only thing is he got you to somebody that could help you, which was great. And I always tell you, you, maybe something happened to you a week ago, a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and you don't know if you have a case or not. Well, you got to ask first. And the consultation is completely free, so pick up the phone, 954-966-4646. Call my guy Jeff Welt at Welton Rayom and explain your situation. And Jeff's going to say whether you have a case or you don't, or if he even can't help you, he's going to find somebody that can help you. 954-966-4646. Save it. You may not need it now, but you oh, unfortunately, you might need it a month from now, six months from now when hurricane season is here. You never know, folks. Welton Rayom, 954-966-4646.
This has been another session of the Welton Rayom Miami Dolphins Report with David Veronis. At Welton Rayom, they don't get paid unless you win. They handle complex personal injury claims caused by the fault of another in both state and federal courts. They handle auto, trucking, motorcycle, slip and fall, and bicycle accidents. Call 954-966-4646. Welton Rayom can help. We're out here at Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines, baby. Yeah, I see Larry Schlossberg right there, baby. Customer appreciation sales event going on right now. Number one volume sales dealership in the United States. The 2024 Integra, $329 a month. The 2023 TLX, $399 a month. The RDX 2024, $459 a month. And the MDX. 2024, $4.99 a month, folks. Come on down here. And you got to check out the fleet of certified pre-owned vehicles. I've got a bunch of them in front of me. They look like they're brand new, actually. It really is amazing. And uh, the ZDX, which is the uh, the all-new EV SUV that is coming out, which, by the way, has 500 horsepower. It is the most powerful SUV on the market for EVs. So come on out here. Check it out. You can already put in an order for it, folks. They've got the charging stations right here, right, right next, right next to uh, my man Sean. They've got charging stations all over the place. So uh, check it out. Come on down here to 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines, and tell them that Big O sent you, and you tell them that they will take care of you. I'm telling you here at Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. All right, uh, what else do we have? Uh, y'all know as a Dolphins fan, we have this idea that McDaniel should be doing better, and yet he's done better than anyone in 25 years. Yeah, that see, that's a, a lazy way of thinking because you're comparing him to crap, and we want to get beyond crap. You understand? And you have to do better than what you had. Mario Cristobal, could he have won more games? Yeah. Could Mike McDaniel have won more games? Yeah. And that's the problem. So it, it, settling for what you have is not enough. It's just not. And you could have done better. And Mike McDaniel failed. And by the way, here's the other thing. Mike McDaniel has a way better team than anybody's had in the last 25 years, sir. Let's be honest now. They, nobody's even had a quarterback like two in the last 25 years for the Miami Dolphins. Nobody in the last 25 years has been able to run like the Miami Dolphins. You had the one year with Ricky Williams, one year with Lamar Smith, but this is even different. This is Mostert having success. This is... A Chan having success. So it's not like one running back having success. You had success with multiple running backs on this team. At the same time, nobody's had this kind of balance in 25 years. There's a reason why Mike McDaniel did better. Because the front office, nobody's had this front office the last 25 years, sir. See what I'm saying? I can spin all this stuff at you and, and go right against everything you just said right there and why what you said makes no sense. That's just a lazy way to t- take it. Just like, oh, Mike McDaniel isn't doing it. Well, what do you mean, oh? 
We, we had one of the top offenses. That doesn't mean shit to me. What happened to all the penalties? What happened to all the mistakes? What happened to the reason why you can't get a play in on time? You can't win a challenge. There's a lot of reasons why he's failing. And, and if you just look simplistic at the stats or the win column, and you just think, okay, that's success, well, that's just lazy. There's a lot more to it. And he should have done better, just like Mario Cristobal should have done better last year. He should have had easily one to two extra wins. And he failed. That's all. And Mike McDaniel, same thing. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I have a case of beer. Which one can help me? I don't know what that means. The third one. Uh, The commercial last night pretty much sums up the Miami Dolphins. What commercial was it? What, what commercial? The, the Paramount commercial, I believe, is the one he's referring oh, the Tua, to. Tua. Tua. Throwing the, the, yeah, the, the hook up. and then everything else. And then in the thing, um, Picard says. You're not ready for the moment. Moment, yep. Yes. Yes. And they throw the football head-shaped cake. And, and Picard wasn't ready for the moment either. Well, it happens. You know? That's how it goes. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, kind of good. And he's willing to have – it wasn't a good look for him because of that. Because that's how they write it, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's but everybody's that's gonna look of, at that whole thing. It's just and then like, use it as his yeah. career, and it's yeah. just you know. Yeah, <sighs> uh, and Marino's got a commercial. Yeah, with Messi. With Messi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really thought, you know, I mean, it's kind of messed up that he, that he used his hands at the football, the football. Oh yes. Come yeah. on, come on, Dan. Yeah. Yep. 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 Dan making that bank. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You must have hired somebody for social media because I've never seen so many tweets from Dan Marino's account. Oh, yeah. It's like. <laughs> and, and Dan Marino didn't send one of those tweets. Exactly. His lawyers, uh, somebody in his promotions, representative, somebody, somebody in the Dolphins, maybe somebody in the PR department. All right, Dan, give me your phone. Duck, 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 duck. You know, that's it. Uh, or he said, uh, here's my password, and then they logged on and, and then just, yeah, set it up, and that's it. You know, the, Dan Marino has never sent a tweet in his life, okay? I can guarantee you that, all right? Not one time in his life has he ever sent a tweet. I wonder if he types with the isotoner gloves on. You know he's got a whole bunch sitting back, like you yeah. said to them. When, yeah. <laughs> when he handed them out in the, on the thing, that was great. Yeah. By the way, I just, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it with friends, but let me, let me just I- enhance it on my own because Josh Moser, Josh Mo- uh, uh, Moser uh, yesterday got uh, Javon Holland. And he, uh, he asked him about the kick rocks situation on Instagram. Do we have the video? Because we're not going to get tagged because it's, uh, you have the audio? Okay, so here's uh, Moser. Hang, hang, uh, asking uh, Javon Holland about kicking rocks. Here you go. Got to ask you about the uh, Vic Fangio video. 
kicking rocks. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that. Nah, man. You know, it just so happened that I had to po- I posted that right when the news came out that Vic got got fired. I wasn't necessarily sure uh, that Vic got fired until after I posted the video. It just so happened that I picked up some random rocks, kicked them, and filmed it. Post on Instagram. Everybody wants to call me the bad guy. I'm innocent. I, I didn't do I didn't do anything wrong. All I was doing was just posting a simple video. You know, it has an analogy, but the analogy had nothing to do with Vic. Um, I wish that brother the best. All right, so let's dissect this so I can, you know, uh, tell you exactly why Javon Holland is a complete bullshitter and a terrible one at that. First of all, Vic didn't get fired. So I already know where your mind's at. There was a mutual parting of ways, Javon. But we know he, we know you want him fired because that's a Freudian slip on your ass. I don't know if anybody's talked about that, written about that, but, you know, we see through the trees here. Okay. And so he didn't get fired. So that right there tells you Javon Holland is as guilty as it freaking gets. And by the way, why don't you tell us what the analogy has to do with what what what, what analogy is it? You know. Come on, man. Oh, I just happened to be posting it right when Vic got fired. Well, Vic didn't get fired. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be a sucker. And there's plenty of suckers in this world because I see them all the time um, to believe anything that Javon Holland said at that moment. I'll believe Javon Holland in all kinds of other ways. I will trust Javon Holland in every other way possible. I am a huge Javon Holland fan. I wanted the Dolphins to draft Javon Holland. Uh, So I, I was a big Javon Holland fan coming out of the draft. So, you know. I got Javon Holland's back all the way on this. But I'm going to call bullshit when I see bullshit. And Javon, I'd rather you own it, dude, and say, hey, man, listen, I posted what I posted. I want to be here. Jalen Ramsey wants to be here. You know, there's a lot of people that, I, that want to be here. And if Vic doesn't want to be here, well, then so be it. Kick rocks. We move on. That's what that means. And, go, and that's it. And I love it. I have no problem. But Javon, come on, man. Okay? Those of us with a brain, those of us, I'm not an intelligent person, but I have at least just, you know, a modicum of intelligence, really, really small, small piece, just a, a tiny little piece of intelligence. I'm not intelligent, not very smart, but I have enough to know that's complete bullshit. <laughs> and Javon Holland, you're a liar. I've got a bridge in the Keys. Are you interested? It's a smaller bridge right next to Seven Mile. I can sell that one to you. Discounted price. Yeah, and we just improved it a little bit now, too. So you can come on out and buy it. Javon Holland. Yeah. <laughs> That's some that's some bullshit, man. I wish the brother the best. Yeah, I wish the brother the best. Yeah, sure you do. I wish Frank's the best. No, dude. Sure. Love it. Javon put his foot in his mouth big time. Wow. Do you, do these players even think before they talk? I I think he's 
kind of knows that it's bullshit and he's kind of telling us it's almost bullshit without telling us that it's bullshit, but it's complete bullshit. Oh, man. Not, not with Javon Holland's case, but the problem is you never know when you're going to end up on a team and Fangs be your coach. Right. You know what I mean? I get Fangs is near the end of his career and Holland's never leaving the Dolphins, but anybody else, it's like, you can't speak real badly of him because then all of a sudden you're going to end up on that team. Yeah. Mark Smith says, the mutual parting of ways means the Finns were unhappy with Fangs, but couldn't skip on the contract and Fangs wanted to be near mom in Philly, so they decided to make it not messy. Exactly. Fangs didn't want to be here. And the Dolphins, in the end, didn't really want him here. And that's it. You know? It's, it's the way it goes. But, you know, you, we know why you were kicking rocks, dude. Before I get back to the uh, Dolphins, uh, I want to I commend Michelle Kaufman. Did you see that? Well, you already have, and you have too, if you watch the show every day, because we've already talked about this. I've already ripped the organization for this. Uh, but it's now going uh, a little viral right now uh, with everything. Why? Here we go. Michelle Kaufman, an inter-Miami beat reporter for the Miami Herald, has proclaimed that it's a disservice to the fans. Wait till you hear it, Sean. That Lionel Messi does not speak to the media. I wonder who who was talking about that. Who who ripped into him really nice? Anyway, we did that last year. You know, this is like they're they're a year behind us. Anyway, the Argentine superstar previously joined Major League Soccer in July. While it has now been over six months since his arrival, Messi rarely conducts interviews with reporters. Kaufman was previously able to get a one-on-one interview with Messi back on August seventeenth. The brief discussion lasted just five minutes, and she was only one of three to four reporters to speak with the star since then. However, Messi has remained inaccessible to the media. It was previously revealed that Miami was essentially bending the rules by allowing Messi to remain silent. Under league guidelines, MLS players typically have to be available for post-game interviews. This, however, has not been the case for Messi nevertheless. The Athletic also reported that the superstar was far from the only player to not adhere to the rules. The reporter voiced her opinion regarding the issue during a recent appearance on a podcast. Uh, Kaufman spoke about a plethora of topics with the team. She spoke on the frustrations of the Messi situation for nearly eight minutes. The, the local media, uh, we have requested to have some time with Messi, to have a press conference, to have something because clearly he is one of the two biggest players in the world he's playing on this team. I cover this team on a day-to-day basis, and I don't get to talk to the biggest star on the team. This does, this does not happen in any other country. The biggest stars in the NFL, even during the Super Bowl weeks, are talking to the media. In basketball during the NBA Finals, the top players talk to the media. Me- Messi just never has, and he clearly doesn't have to. We haven't even had a chance to get a quote from Luis Suarez, his best friend. That is Messi's best friend. We've heard from Luis Suarez on how it's going to be to play with his best friend. We need to hear from Messi. The clock is ticking. I'm waiting for that interview. I know the league, the team, and everyone has to do whatever Messi says, but it's a disservice to the fans that they never get the perspective on how the first season went so far. I think fans would like to know how he feels uh, his first season MLS went. So... But we talked about this last year, that it was a joke. Brother, you talk to Marino every week. Tua, 
You go into the locker rooms. You're going to talk to Wade in every game. You're going to talk to Alonzo Mourning in every game. You're going to talk to Jimmy Butler in every game. You know, you get stars in practice. You get Jimmy Butler after practice. I mean, this is like, this is the norm, dude, in this, in this country. Stars talk. That's part of the marketing. And, and, and listen, like Marino, like Joe Montana, like trying to think of some of these guys that say absolutely freaking nothing. Yeah, most every quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Most every quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with most every quarterback. They don't say anything anyways. Like, have you ever heard a messy interview? I mean, those of you that can speak Spanish, it's a blah interview. He's nothing. But this is part of the whole, and this is the biggest star we have in the country. By far, by miles. This guy's way more popular than LeBron, way more popular than anyone in the NFL, Mahomes, you name it. He dwarfs Mahomes, LeBron, and and Otani. And I'll give you Otani because he has at least way more international power than the other guys. Put all three together, they're still not messy. Kudos to Michelle. We've already, she's had that rant with me on my show. I've had that rant already. I did it last year. This is one of the things that I would have to say that this is one of the few Moss failures as of the last year and a half here since they've been able to turn this thing around and start heading in another direction after all the setbacks from before. Yes, sir. I, I don't all right, I'm going to say this because is it an MLS thing? Is it an Inter Miami thing? Because we Both. we've had experience with with Inter Miami. No, oh, I know they're a disaster. And, and trying to get you know any regular players. <laughs> yes, we 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 were running onside. <laughs> okay, I wasn't their, sure where we were. Their running. own. Oh, I you know. No, me. no, I know, but I just didn't. Bro, I, I, I didn't want to. I don't hold back. Yeah. I, you no, know, I know you don't, but I didn't know if we were. I didn't want to be throwing out. Yeah, when dirty we were laundry. doing onside on Inter Miami, you know their their media relations department is a fucking disaster. Okay, uh, those idiots wouldn't even give us players. I remember getting on the phone with, well, maybe we could like give you a, a player a week. I, I'm, a player a week? You, you know we're the flagship station. She pissed me off so much, I didn't even bother to call her for a player a week. Do you know why I didn't do it? I'm the program director. So I'm only going to get a player a week, and then who do I give it to? And then what do I have? Then I have Dono telling me, yo, I didn't get the player. Or I have Toast telling me I didn't get the player. Or I have Lemon City telling me I didn't get the player. And, and so am I supposed to like, and, and then if I get it, then they oh, so O's keeping it all to himself. So I said, I'm not winning with this. All this is is a headache. And by the way, you're giving me slap dick number 13 on the roster. So that's not even going to be much of a, of a draw as it is. So why am I going to? create problems inside with my people, and you don't even understand what you're doing. 
I mean, the, we were the flagship, supposedly, you know, station of Inter-Miami. They wouldn't put the station inside the stadium on their programs, on the internet, on, on Twitter. They wouldn't even tweet us out from their account that had a million followers. So, I, yes, this messy stuff is definitely an Inter-Miami thing, but the MLS has allowed them to get away with it because you know, I almost feel like you're going to end up getting a, a documentary another messy documentary kind of going over all of the bullshit <laughs> instead yeah. a, an unauthorized right. documentary yeah. Yeah. of it yes I can see that happening more than you getting access to messy yes exactly so yeah it was a freaking disaster you know what I mean so it's just like they never understood what the hell we were trying to do they were so lost, and they're still lost. You know, they just got money, and they're able to, you know, go buy a bunch of really good players and all that, and they're kind of trying to straighten things out. But behind the scenes, their media relations department, that shit's a disaster, dude. Absolute freaking disaster. It's so odd because it's one of the teams that, when you know, I've been in – All they care about I've been about fortunate is- enough to be in almost, I believe, every sport so far, even hockey, with the scrums after the game – they're very open to the access, whereas they were very guarded. They were more guarded than the Dolphins. I yes, mean, yes. they're more guarded than the Dolphins, and the All, Dolphins are pretty guarded in, in, a, in an aspect. Like, you, as a fan, you won't care, and the most important thing for you, Moss does it. They spend the money on the players and the, and the, and the, uh, and the uh, coaches and, all, and the facility. When it comes to everything else of the team, it goes to shit. They don't, even, they don't pay attention to the broadcast, and they still don't, by the way, because I know everybody that's involved in all of that. I, I hear the stories still. To this day, I still hear the stories of what's going on behind the scenes. I think they're now in their fourth or fifth broadcast director. I was the first. Okay? And then, you know, they're like on their fifth person now. Once Tim Robbie told me he was leaving, and, and Gene... Gene, once, once, Gene, once Gene left also, I, I knew it was all going to fall apart. You know, once I knew that the, they were the really, like, the people that I, I knew and trusted and I knew were exceptional employees like myself, once I knew that they were going, I was like, okay, this has gone to shit. This is going to shit. And eventually, it went to shit. So, even Bono talks to the Well, but Bono is, you know... Bono is, uh, he's, uh, he's more of a, a human being, too, at the same time. He just doesn't look at himself like, I'm a superstar and I'm above you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Big O, how about the Lakers? Uh, I, you know, why would I talk about that? But it's funny how you brought it up. And do I have this note here on the Lakers and all that, right? And then look what I have here. Don't say it, but you see what I have here? That it reminds me of it? So the Lakers last night beat um, the, uh, the Celtics, who've been balling, right? 114 to 105. Wait a minute. They beat them without LeBum and AD? AD. So no LeBum and no AD, right? And the Lakers go out. Austin Reeves has 32 points, shoots 7 of 10 from three-point range. They get it done without AD and LeBron. 
Tatum shoots 8 of 21 for 23 points. Brown shoots 4 of 12 for 8 points. Do you want to know what I thought of? You guys ready for this? Heat Memphis. Heat Memphis. It's a game that you cannot get up for because LeBron and AD are out, and you're like, dude, we're the Celtics. We've been coasting. We're killing everybody. Yeah, I can roll out of bed and beat these fools without Le- without LeBron and, and AD. And then these fools came to play, and you didn't, and you lost to the bad team. And it's the same shit, Heat Memphis. You're like, okay, this is the game to get good. It's a terrible team. Okay, let's take care of business. We lost to Memphis? It's like losing to the Wizards tonight, who have eight wins, right? There are... Not nine and thirty-eight. I'm sorry. Apologies, Washington. Yeah, I got to give them the win. It's the same shit. The Heat won their last game against the Kings, and now you know talk. Now that was because Josh Richardson went off. It's really more about that than anything else. Let's not kid ourselves. But let's see how they handle it tonight. Are they professionals, or do they say, "Bro, they got nine wins. We'll take." So that's what I saw last night. When I saw the Lakers lose to the Celtics, I was like, this is Heat Memphis. It's like you don't get up for it. You just don't take them serious. Oh, no LeBron, no AD, no problem. And there goes Austin Reeves, just like Rex Chapman against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what the Lakers brought me back to the Heat and Memphis. That's what it brought me back to. Okay. Uh, let's see. Leo made the league kiss his ring big time, bro. Big time. You you nailed that shit, Lewis. He told him, yeah, I'm going, but I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing this, and you're going to accept it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's it. That's all. Yes, sir. So whatever Before you Before he can even finish with the demands, they're like, yes, 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 yes. yes. Cash cow, cash cow. And let me tell you, now he's injured. And you, you know, you want to sign all these players. And now you want to play all over the world. And you're on this world tour in the preseason. And you are shipping your team around all over the world and playing all these games and tiring the shit out of them before you even get to the regular season. And you know that they go to all these places and they also have media also, you know, responsibilities and all that kind of and sponsorship responsibilities. And you saw that whole dinner that they were at with uh, with uh, in, in the in Saudi Arabia and all that kind of crap. Brother, that's all time consuming. It's all mental. It's all wear and tear. Uh, it, see, it's funny Inter Miami. They're gonna do. They're doing a lot of great things, and then they do a lot of stupid things. Okay, obvious stupid things, and this is one of them. See, in America, just so you know, in America we don't play our stars in the preseason. They practice. They get their wind in practice. You play them a couple of minutes in a preseason game. You keep them a little fine tuned. You don't worry about overplaying them. They don't go out in the 80th minute of a game or 75th minute like he did in one of them. Yeah, 
this is the problem. And why? Because you paid so much money for Messi. You now have to be a complete whore and sell yourself everywhere. And, and because you have to chase every dollar to try to even break even or make a profit, this is what you're doing to your team. And you're wearing out your team before you even started the season. And this is the reason why you couldn't have a playoff run because you wore out your team right when you got them going through the U.S. Open Cup and that other whatever the hell that league thing is called. God, what the hell is that tournament between Mexico and the U.S. called? Whatever. And you, yeah, the MLS and, and the Mexican League. The, um, you wore them out. And look what you're doing now. And he's already injured. He's in his mid-30s, dude. This is, in this country, our superstars talk to the media, not from Inter-Miami. In this country, our superstars don't really play in the preseason. But for them, they, they play their superstars in the preseason. League's Cup, thank you. Jesus Christ. Like, come on, man. Let's go. Let's get smarter here. <sighs> Kudos to Heat for keeping Eric Reed around since day one. He's had others beside him like Dr. Jack, Coach Tony, and Crotty, but Eric has been the mainstay. The Moss brothers need to learn from the Heat. Well, everybody needs to learn from the Heat. They do things overall pretty much to a T, perfectly. Listening to this show made me like the Heat, so they are my East team unless they play the Lakers. There we go. Thank you, sir. We're sorry. Yeah, the Heat does good. Why would we be sorry? If I, if I led him to the Dolphins or the Marlins, I would have to say I'm sorry because that's suffering. Yeah, but you suffer during the regular season. Yeah. The up and down play. When it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. Uh... What? Now, I've been watching a lot of the, the game, but I saw this yesterday, and then uh, Ray Sosa just brought it up. He said, that was so weird seeing Messi come in the 85th minute when they were down by six goals in a preseason game. Is that just because they had to get him on the field because of the money that they got? And think about how stupid that is. He's been sitting the whole game. No, put yeah, him that, that's why I heard. It, it, it's and, just the and things it has that, to be that he had to be on the field by the contract negotiations. I'm guessing horror. he had to be on the field at some point. Horror. Yeah. Got to be a <laughs> They horror. waited to the last minute. This is, just, this is just a whore fest that they're on, dude. Inter-Miami is just on a whore fest. That's it, dude. That's all it is, is it, man. It's is it Inter-Miami or is it the... No, no, it is Inter-Miami because they traded for the guy. No, yes, yes. And they yes, signed the guy and they play, they're paying so much money that they have to try to create every revenue stream possible. Dude, dude they created an exhibition night just to celebrate his Ballon de Oro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. With some cheesy-ass game <laughs> just so they can fill the stadium up, a whole bunch of people pay money, and it rained that night, too, on top of all of that, right? And by the way, I think they had, like, a, a, a stage that was kind of slippery for the rain and everything. I mean, it's like you're in South Florida, expect the rain, whatever. That's why I've already and, – and I'm already ahead of the game again on this. What did I say last year? Yo, morons, put a roof on it. Mm -hmm. Put a roof on it. Put a roof on it. Put a roof on it. And they haven't put a roof on it. So 
because I haven't heard anything. So you're going to build that new stadium in South Florida. You play in the summer. You play when it rains a lot. The Marlins put a roof. Okay? Enter Miami. You want to be stupid like Buffalo? Oh, yeah, no, let's build a football stadium with no roof in Buffalo. You morons. You're going to build a stadium in Miami. When you play in the summer, build a roof. So there's a lot of, it's just, I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. Like, I'm not smart, dude. I don't really, I'm not a genius in any way, stretch, or form. But I have enough logic to know I'm not going to wear out my superstar in the preseason. I'm not bringing him out in the 85th minute. I'm not creating some stupid exhibition game because I need to whore it out. You know, if you're a billionaire, then suck it up, dude. You paid the money, take the loss. But the worst thing you do is burn him out, and then now you didn't have him for the playoffs last year, and look at now he's already injured and the season hasn't started. So it just, to me, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. And building a a stadium in Miami when you play in the summer and it doesn't have a roof, and yet for two years now, no, four years now, you've been at this stadium, and how many rainouts, how many rain delays do you have? Like, do you not learn your lesson, bro? Do you not learn your lesson? It's truly amazing. Yes, sir. I almost feel like Apple TV is is dictating most of this, though. Could be. Because they have the biggest. But again, when you look at it, two games were also going to be on MLSsoccer.com. So I wonder. I mean, look, I know Moss wants to get in Inter Miami, wants to. to get that money back as well. They have to. But I also feel like a lot of it's being dictated by. You know, Apple TV and Apple, and, Adidas. Yeah, MLS. There, there's so many other factors too that. But they all are saying, "Play and play." No, and no, play. no, definitely, yeah. Because it's, it's the story, it's the story of Motley Crue. Let me hear. It. So go watch Motley Crue. Have you seen Dirt yet? The the documentary. You should watch it. So there's a point where the road manager goes to the record executive, says, "Hey, man, these guys are completely out of control. There's drugs. They're all fucked up." Uh, one guy's banging the other guy's girlfriend, and he doesn't know. And this, all, and there's, there's all kinds of shit going on, right? And 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 right now they're like in the depths of like a drug despair. That's bad. So the 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 road manager, and I got to ruin this part for you if you watch it. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff. I really actually, I really enjoyed the documentary. It's really good. There's a, there's a lot of good, even though it was kind of out of order. But there is, there's still a lot of good nuggets in there. But this one nugget reminds me of yeah, this. But this has been out for a while, right? So yes. there's no spoiler. I no, mean, no, if you haven't not. seen it by now, you're... Right. It's like four years old. Yeah. So the guy goes, we can't get them out on the road right now. If we get these guys out on the road, one of them will come back in a body bag. You know what the record executive said to him? I don't give a shit. I need the money. Get them out on the road. Apple, Adidas, MLS... Moss, I don't give a shit. I need the money. Get them out on the road. Okay? I'm just just telling you the way it is, man. Just telling you the way it is. 
Anyway. Uh, Big O, I want to see Leslie Frazier for D.C. Experience and defensive success. Also, he has been in that Bills locker room that can give us insight on strategy to decapitate them. Uh, I don't mind Leslie Frazier. I, everything you said makes so much sense and a good sounding board for McDaniel. Um, I have no problem with Leslie Frazier. I think Staley would be the better fit because there's more continuity there. And, and there's a lot of the same stuff that Fangio was running, so that would help out a lot. Yeah, it will be a, a sad day when Eric Reed retires, Eddie. I agree. Eric Reed's a, uh, a living legend and a, and a true treasure for us here in South Florida. I agree. I love that guy. He's such a good dude. Yes, sir. Let me ask you a question. With the free agents that you know possibly are leaving and everything else, is, is the continuity that important? From Feng's defense to... Yes. Oh, yes, definitely. Because you're still going to have people that are going to come back. you got Phillips and Chubbs that will be back, and you're probably going to bring Van Ginkle back, and you're going to have Sealer back, and you're going to have at least David Long for sure back. And so you're going to have... And some of your secondary, Jalen Ramsey will be back. Brandon Jones will be back. You have a lot of people back, so you, you want to kind of have continuity as much as possible. Are you going to have some new people? Definitely. But you hope to have those kind of people that have a skill set that fits the scheme, too. So, yeah, uh, you'll have some change, but not enough that it'll be that that drastic that if, if you have, you know, a completely different defense, then that will really set you back because then there might be pieces that don't fit this. Yeah, well, that's my other question to ask because Staley, you know, again, I haven't really paid attention to a lot of how Staley same, same calls as defenses, but does he allow, like, if if Jalen Ramsey was upset with the way he was being used by Fangs, is he going to be upset? No, even this, more with Staley coming no, in now. Is no, that, that's no. going to change a little bit? Yeah, that will change because okay. Staley Staley's like McDaniel. Okay, well that that's kind of where I was kind of leaning. Like, do yeah. you want it to stay what Fangs was? If everybody was so upset about it, kind of feels like it'd be good that it was. He runs the scheme, but he has his flavor to it. You understand? He's added. He's come to. He's he's done his transformed own. into right. The right. New he has age. his own identity okay. with it, but he does okay. run the same base okay. defense. So he might be more willing to shadow somebody than right. Fangio would be. So, yeah, I, I would think that that would be a little different. That's I think that that's going to be part of the, you know, conversation, like how flexible are you? Are you just setting your ways? And, and so he's going to know who – it's like the whole Butch Berry thing. It's a great – Butch Berry's a great example. We didn't know what to expect. We only heard bad shit about Butch Berry because he was a failure here at the University of Miami – Okay, now, the University of Miami situation was all bad. So it's hard to succeed when everything's bad. And then he goes to Denver, and they didn't like him there. But then again, they weren't successful there. See what I'm saying? And now he comes here, and he's accepted, and they have success. Maybe he wasn't the issue. The documentary done on the Rainbow Room. Oh, yes, I saw that one. It's actually really good. I've seen that one. The Rainbow Room is definitely a good one. There's one also on the in the entire Sunset Strip. You should watch that. It's a good one also on the Sunset Strip. Even Mickey Rourke is on there and everything, but all kinds of stuff, man. You should check that out on uh, Sunset Strip. Um, I don't know exactly the name of that uh, documentary, but there's a couple there's one about the history of the Sunset Strip, and then there's another one, because that's the one that Mickey Rourke is in. And then there's another one that's about the music and the early days of the Sunset Strip 
from from going into the late 50s into the 60s in the psychedelic rock era into the early 70s and it's some really good stuff man uh those are really interesting documentaries and you get to learn a lot the history of music on the sunset strip is god it, it's has is, it's probably the most historic stretch of music in any city in our country is the sunset strip because the different genres that took over from the 50s all the way into the 80s because you went from you went from um like early rock into um psychedelic and that beach rock or whatever the hell it was called into um uh hard rock and heavy metal and and then and then uh, punk and then you go right into uh what's it called um um glam metal or whatever that 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 was called uh hair metal you know motley crew and rat and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of where it died out right there you know the sunset strip was was legendary from the 50s into the 80s on its run and then after that you know it, it it's never been the same again but wow that's it it's just called sun that's the one sunset strip that's it that's it yep it is just called sunset strip go see that that documentary that thing is absolutely awesome uh i'm getting mad with all this preseason stuff because ticket holders get left over nice moss uh, I've seen that one too. Oh, just so you'll know, this is Chad watching on two different accounts, getting those views up. Nice. Look at you. Watch time. I like it. Thank you, Chad. That's studly on your part. By the way, speaking of dolphins, don't forget you can always make a donation whenever you're listening to the show, day, nights, weekends. You can send in your questions, comments. We'll answer them on Cash App or Venmo. At Cash Big O Show, that's Cash Big O Show. Of course, you can always send a, a a super chat here on the show. But one of the things that should be interesting for Dolphin fans this off season and going into training camp, this is one of the things that I am going to look forward to because this person gets a an opportunity to send an fu. Out to one person and maybe to many others in the world. Cam Smith. So Cam Smith was basically sullied. Basically, his name has been dirt now. That he doesn't know what he's doing, that he can't be trusted, or he parties too much, or he's lazy, or he's not good enough, or whatever. And Fangio refused to play him. Was Fangio set in his ways? Was he right? Was he wrong? Because he was wrong about not having Ramsey uh, trail somebody. He was wrong about not blitzing the Tennessee rookie. He was wrong about not blitzing the shit out of Lamar Jackson, right? So he set in his ways, and he was set in his ways, and he was wrong. So he could be set in his ways, and sometimes he was right, and sometimes he was wrong. Well, guess what Cam Smith gets to do? He gets to prove that he was right and that Fangio was wrong because all he has to do now is come back this offseason, go out there, play his ass off like he was playing in the offseason that we were like, 
he was catching our eye. And then it needs to translate into training camp, into the preseason and regular season. And if he can get himself to starting opposite of Jalen Ramsey, excuse me, let me make sure nobody's around. Pardon my French. It will be his opportunity to give everyone that doubted him, including Vic Fangio, a big fuck you. So nobody, I mean nobody, should be more motivated for this offseason than Cam Smith. Cam Smith should be motivated to prove to people, hey, I was ready. I could have contributed, but you did not show faith in me, Vic Fangio, and this is why I am a player. So I'm gonna I'm 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 so intrigued by this offseason going into the regular season because Cam Smith has an opportunity to show us something completely different, and that way we can sit back and say, well, you know what? That was a wasted year for Cam. The old man didn't want to give him a shot, just like he didn't want to give Ramsey a shot at shadowing people, just like he refused to blitz more when he had to blitz when quarterbacks were killing him. He made his mistakes. So he's opened up this part of it. Being, If we're going to doubt that Cam Smith is a player or dedicated or works hard enough or smart enough or whatever it is, if you're already going to doubt that, why can't we doubt the other way? Why can't we doubt that Fangio was wrong like he was wrong about other things? So Cam Smith, young man, it's up to you, baby. It's up to you. You can come back and ball out and take over a job, and everybody's going to look and say, it wasn't Cam's fault last year. And you're going to end up winning that entire fan base, especially the ones that are already doubting you for no reason at all, because really it's only a rookie season. I don't hold rookie seasons against anybody unless we're talking about a rookie that is caught in South Beach and DUI and doing all kinds of stupid shit and getting in trouble. If that's the case, then I could question the draft pick. But in the first year, I'm going to hold my judgment of Cam Smith. I'm going to wait to see, and I'm going to be very intrigued to, 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 to watch how he attacks this because he has every reason to come out on top and show the world, everybody, that they were wrong and anybody that doubted him, including Fangio. So, Cam Smith, baby, ball's in your court. Get it done, baby. Get it done. Uh, Jalen Ramsey called Brandon Staley a defensive genius. Staley created the Rams and played Ramsey in the star position. Exactly. That's why I told you that he'd be willing to be more flexible than Fangio, and he's already proven that where he's gotten Fangio's system and he's added his style to it. So you're on top of it, Alf, like normal. You know your shit. Laurel Canyon is an excellent rock doc, too. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. I've seen Laurel Canyon. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, let's see. You guys make me laugh about Inter-Miami being a whore. Oh, I mean, they are whoring. I mean, you know. All they need now is a short skirt, high heels, and holes in uh, fishnet stockings. 
Big O Cam couldn't be any worse than Eli Apple, right? Well, see, that's the beauty, bro. Maybe he's a hundred times better than Eli Apple, but that's that that kind of thinking is out there for Cam, and he should have that shit posted all over his locker. He should have it in the visor in his car. He should have it when he closes the door in one of his rooms in his house. He should have quotes and quotes of people dissing his ass all offseason, and he should be going, you all don't know Jack. The old man didn't know, and he didn't trust me, and he cost me a season. I'm going to go out and prove everybody wrong. Nobody should be more motivated than Cam Smith next offseason, next season. I can't wait. I, I, hope he, I hope he goes out. I hope he, he attacks this with the right attitude. I really do. Uh, maybe Cam Smith wasn't a good fit in Fangio's defense, but will be perfect for another system. Maybe, maybe not. And maybe he's perfect for Cam's system. I mean, for uh, Fangio's system and somebody else's system. Who knows? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold judgment completely on Cam until next year. Okay, next season, let me watch him. And then if he has problems with the next guy, then we know. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the name of the, uh, the Chiefs receiver that I loved coming out of the draft that went to the Giants and they traded the Chiefs? Uh, right, Kadarius Toney. Love Kadarius Toney coming out of Florida, bro. I thought his talent was – well, no, I'm still there. His talent is elite. But, my God, that kid is a bonehead. The Florida bonehead stuff just showed up, and he, he has the, – the Lord gave him all the gifts to be the shit, and he's just been a shit, unfortunately. And he's so bad that Kansas City's like, yeah, we don't need you. He should be motivated, man. I hope Cam attacks this. Uh, is this the year we finally see Channing Tindall? Well – now you're talking about two different defensive coordinators and he failed with two different defensive coordinators. He can't take the field. Now we have to be concerned. I'm not going to be concerned about Cam, but I am concerned about, about Tyndall. Tyndall doesn't do jack anywhere in any system. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> so with Cam Smith and even with Channing Tyndall, we're looking at it this way. A lot was said about um, the way Fangio kind of, it was a gray area. He didn't really teach the why you're doing it. Do you think that had an effect on as far as like Cam Smith being a rookie, coming from being, you know, playing this and all of a sudden now he's going in there? And then the same thing with Channing Tindall. Now he's coming into a new defense. They're not understanding why they're supposed to be doing it. They're just being told, do this, do that, and not understanding it. Whereas with like a, maybe a Staley – come in with a better uh, teaching ability maybe to, to get these guys in line instead of just, look, this is this, you guys are linebackers. Do what I tell the linebackers to do. Maybe Fangio didn't teach it, it, enough. Again, I've. And maybe I, he didn't work enough with the young players. Reading some of the stories, them. it feels like Fangio was so stuck in his ways. There was a story that came out. Maybe Fangio knew halfway he didn't through be the here. season he didn't want to be here and maybe he kind of knew what was going on in Philadelphia and that he had a chance to go yeah. back and his agent's telling him hey man yeah. got the side got replaced by Patricia I'm only going to be here for a year I don't really care mm -hmm. 
uh, I'm going to get the hell out of here. You know, he didn't want to be here, yeah. bro. But there's no doubt that he probably did not take the time to really work with young people because he wasn't here long term. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going to be here. Right. If anything, I'm here two years and I'm, I'm out, regardless. <laughs> so I'm not going to give a shit about you, kid. I'll just yep. get by Did with you. Did you read the story, too, to where he wasn't allowing the position coaches to talk? Everything yes. came through his voice? Yes. Because he wanted to have one voice in the, in the room? He didn't trust his assistant coaches. I mean, come on. And you have to delegate How do you authority. grow, though, as a player? If you're Cam yeah. Smith, how do you grow in that situation? And then looking at Tyndall, if he was taking steps forward, that's not going to help. What did we talk about yesterday about the quarterback? That he never does it by himself. No, you have to have everybody around you. And, and and no coach does it by himself. He needs assistant coaches, and he needs uh, scouts, and he he needs uh, uh, what's it called um, the the uh, analytics people, and he needs trainers, and he needs um, what uh, uh, what's it, quality control coaches. You cannot do it by yourself. We have the we got into this conversation with the quarterback because. We have this thing like the quarterback wins it all, and there's no, there's not one team that ever won a Super Bowl, not one team that the team was shitty and the quarterback carried the whole team. It doesn't exist. There's not even a, an average team that won a Super Bowl because the quarterback did everything. Now, there are average quarterbacks that the team did everything and they won the Super Bowl. And that's because the team outweighs the individual. But we refuse, in some walks of sports, to look at it the way it's supposed to be. It's actually a team sport, dude. It's not the one quarterback carrying everybody. It's just not the way it is. And it's the same way here. So if Fangio was taking responsibilities away from his assistants, there's no way you can be the best you can possibly be. Because you must delegate authority because you can't coach all the linebackers and all the DBs and all the defensive linemen. You can coach the defense, but individually you're not going to be able to do the same thing. And so you've got to be able to delegate so you can then maximize. Right? It's not the offensive coordinator that goes out there to make sure that the receivers are running the right. No, it's the receiver coach that's out there watching them run the routes and make sure they're cutting the right way and using their eyes and using their bodies and working the DBs, and that's where the receiver's coach comes in. It's not the offensive coordinator showing the running back where to block, showing the offensive linemen, hey, in this zone, here's where I need you to pull and go out this way. On this call, I need you to double-team this man. That's not what the offensive coordinator does. He delegates those individual responsibilities to his coaches. And if Vic Fangio wasn't willing to even trust his assistant coaches, there's no way you can maximize it. So that's why I'm saying Cam Smith has every opportunity to prove, yo, guys, it wasn't me. It was the old man. He didn't believe in me. And there's a lot of things that are showing up that maybe Fangio wasn't really completely committed here. Maybe it was kind of like Parcells. He wasn't committed. He just brought a bunch of people here and then went back to Saratoga and ran the team. Or sat in his golf cart, you know. Or maybe it was Jimmy Johnson, his final year, where he brought in Dave Wanstead, put the training wheels on, and was drinking Heineken in his office all day long. 
And then also as an assistant coach, if you're not being trusted by your coach, are you actually getting out? I mean, are you putting out the whole – Are you doing your job? Do you know if you're doing your job? What did Fangio talk – I mean, I get it. We have some good good assistants. You got uh, Madison and – but if if they don't understand what Fangio wants, how do you think the cornerbacks are going to play? Exactly. Big R, the Heat going to get any better? They will because they have Eric Spolstra, so he'll get them better. And and Jimmy will try as the year goes on because there's less time and then we're getting more to the playoffs. So they will. They'll get better. It's the regular season. Don't over, don't, don't panic yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, is there any hope for Tyndall or Easy? We'll find out this year. Easy, I have more hope for, but Tyndall is one that, you know, Easy got injured. So is he coming? Is he recovered from that? I. It was an I, I odd so. injury, right? Because it was a neck yeah. from all oh, You right? know what? But, yeah, you're right. I don't know if he'll be fully recovered by – I don't really know what the progress I is. I haven't heard much about easy. And we're not going to hear anything. No, no, yeah, exactly. They're so, not going to tell us anything. But uh, the neck injury is a – I know several tough. people in that building, and when I have to talk to them about injuries, <laughs> they like, humana, 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 blah, 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 blah. What would you say? The sphincter. the wah <laughs> You know, it's like they start talking Swahili, and I'm like, bro, I don't understand what you're saying. And all of a sudden, it just becomes gibberish, and it's just lost in, lost in translation. I'll send them, I'll send somebody a text in the building, hey, you know anything? I won't get an answer. Tom, what do you think about this linebacker? I'll get a paragraph. <laughs> you know, it's like in, they don't, they really, I'm telling you, I know enough people in that building. <laughs> when it comes to injuries, they truly respect HIPAA. Yeah. And then, okay, <laughs> at least I'm, I, and I get good info. I get better information than almost anybody in town. Actually, I'm going to say I get better information than everybody in town. And when it comes to injuries, wow, brother, I that's hard. That's hard to get them to talk. Really hard for me. In fact, it's impossible. Not near impossible, impossible. And you know what? I respect that. I respect that. I can get plenty of other information, and I just can't, I just don't get, and you know what? I don't push it. It's fine. I understand it. I got to respect And it's not something that's going to make or break my career or my life or anything. I don't really care, you know? But if I can get extra information for you guys, I do it. And then um, Fence Fan 47 was like, Easy, he was flying on a jet the other day. It's different when you're on a jet ski and you're getting right. taking hits in the NFL from these guys and you have a neck issue. Right. I mean. <laughs> right. I heard someone say Luck carried the Colts to the championship by himself. Yeah, you know. that it, It's, you know, Brady carried him to seven titles and then he goes to Tampa and he carries him to a title. And, you know, that's kind of what we all say because we like to have – did luck I mean luck did some amazing things with the Colts bro I mean I, I used to laugh at the people that used to say well he has an easy, easy division yeah but he's winning in the playoffs moron we don't win in the playoffs ever <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it don't make it sound like it's easy he went from the first round to the second round to the Eastern Conference you know, or the AFC uh, uh, championship I mean you know it's impressive but you, do you do it without T.Y. Hilton you see what I'm saying you can't do it without T.Y. Hilton. You can't do it with some defense. You know, I know he didn't have much of a line. I know that because he, he used to get killed all the time, but he had some players on there that were helping him. 
You can't get there all by yourself, but yes, luck, luck carried a load. What's that? He put in there that he had a great tight end, solid running back and yeah, wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, that's right. He also and all had, pro kickers. Which, yeah, yeah, and he did have a uh, – yeah. that's a good one on the tight end. He did yeah. have a very good oh, tight who end. Who was that? What was that? That was um, – uh, um, What's it called, though? <sighs> um, I cannot think of his name right now. Yes. God. Oh, God. Uh, was it the dude with the uh, the beard, right? Um, I think he had a beard at the end, but – Yes. Uh, anyway, but he had people. He helps. You, you, you don't do it by yourself. Not in football, man. Maybe Danny Manning can carry Kansas to a title and Carmelo Anthony can carry Syracuse to a title. And even they had a couple of players that could help them too. Maybe not of their equal, but they had players too. Gordon says, oh, I'm not really sure about Tyndall's skill set, but what are the possibilities of him playing some edge since Chubb and Phillips will not be ready at the start of the season. I don't know, Gordon. I haven't seen enough of the kid to know what he can or can't do, but he's kind of smallish to play the edge. At least that's what it looks like to me. He looks like he, I remember he used to look like a block, like he's small and built. Like right, a, right, yeah. Like a, mill, a little bit taller than Mills, Sam Mills type player. Right, yeah. Body-wise. Yeah, saying. that's why I don't think as an edge guy he'll be any good. And Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark, damn it, yes. Jesus Christ. Colby Fleener, somebody saying Mark Smith put Fleener. Yeah, that I think he came in came in towards the end, right? Colby was like a draft pick. He was right, but Saturday was the was the bad man. Uh, let's see. The Colts also have a soft division. Yeah, but that doesn't matter to me. You win in the playoffs. There's nothing soft in the playoffs. Okay? Lamar Jackson struggles to win in the playoffs, my brother. He won this this year once because he played a rookie and a young team in in the Texans. But outside of that, it has nothing to do with it. You know, I don't I don't go for that stuff because you're winning in the playoffs. If you just get to the playoffs through a shitty division and you're always losing, then I'll give you that. But when you get to an AFC championship game, championship game or you get to the second round, you're not screwing around. You're actually winning. He beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos when they were throwing the ball around for a ton of yards and, and points. He beat those people in the playoffs. That's some shit, dude. Uh, let's see. Doing what you're told is one thing. Knowing why you should do what you're told is another. I hope Cam is a great CB next year and great leadership. Exactly. And NorCal, he should be super motivated to prove people wrong. So I, uh, I wish the kid the best, you know? What happened? You got some breaking news? Oh, they're working out and eating at McDonald's. So they've got a, what's that called? A, uh, uh, one of those bikes. It's an exercise bike, but... Right. But the funny thing is, they it's in Hong Kong. That's to charge their phone. She's pedaling to charge the phone that's oh, laying on top. Oh, wow. I thought they were like, I thought it was working out exercise. Sorry, I saw it. It just cracked me up because now I want McDonald's. Nothing wrong with a little McDonald's, bro. You got no problem with a little, a little McDonald's. True fan fan just farted. Oh, that is very important. Now we know life is normal. You know? 
That's good. True fan friend, let me ask you something. You could solve all the problems in the Red Sea. I mean, they just aim your ass at the Houthis, and you'd eliminate them all with a couple of farts. I I think it's very un-American of you to not sign up for the military and, and, you know, move those farts to the Red Sea. I mean, you could be helping us with a lot of traffic in the Red Sea to get out and a lot of goods. You'd be doing a lot of good by farting in the Red Sea. It might become the Brown Sea when you're done with it. Uh, In 73, let's go with a little music history on February 2nd, 1973. Keith Emerson of Emerson Lake and Palmer injured his hands when he farted. No, I'm sorry. When his piano blew up during a concert in San Francisco. And the instrument was set to explode as part of a stunt, but it detonated prematurely. That's what she said in bed. Sometimes it detonates prematurely. Yep, yep, yep. In 79, the Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious died of a heroin overdose in New York City. The day before, the rocker held a party to celebrate his release on a $50,000 bail pending his trial for the murder of his former girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, It was at that party where he did the heroin. In 85, Foreigner, and by the way, kids, don't do heroin. In 85, Foreigner started a two-week run at number one on the singles charts with, I want to know what love is. In uh, 76, Genesis released their seventh album, A Trick of the the Tale, their first to feature drummer Phil Collins as lead vocalist. In 2004, Scrub, Courtney Love, announced her plans to publish her diaries, which is really more diarrhea. Uh, I'm just adding a little bit more color to it. Which her agent said included writings that have been whispered and wondered about for years, but that no one has ever seen. Fans actually didn't see them until they came out three years later in 2007. In 2005, Linkin Park's Chester Bennington visited southern Thailand to see the damage left by a 2004 tsunami. While there, he went to two elementary schools and helped paint a house. This is what happened today in music history. As for birthdays today, Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. She's 47, and those hips, boy, they don't lie. They just are super fly. That's all I can say. Tom Blythe is a movie actor. He is 29 years old today. Uh, I have no idea, but I'm going to say happy birthday to this guy, but I don't know who it is, but I just love his name by catching it. That Mexican OT. He's a rapper, and he's 25. But that guy is called That Mexican OT. I I, I just got to mention it. I don't know who the hell that fool is, but... I like the name, that Mexican OT. That's like one of my friends that he calls himself International Black Man. Have you met the International Black Man yet? You haven't, huh? You, you did it? You met IBM once? Might have been on the road, if anything. But IBM lives in Tampa, and he's a good dude. I like it. I like it. He's, he's got his own, you know, his own moniker, IBM, International Black Man. Uh, Gerard Piquet, uh, the soccer player, is 37 years old today. 
Julia Fox, actress, is 34. What, you got something on the Mexican dude? What do you got? It's really that Mexican out of Texas, the OT. Oh, that's what the OT is. Out of Texas, yes. All right. Speaking of that, Texas Hippie Coalition is coming. I'm going to go see him in Tampa. Yes. What do you got? What do you got? That's it? That's all it is? Is he like a big dude, like a big rapper, or just a local guy? He's got a million followers, 1.2 million followers on Instagram well, and stuff like that. He's so doing something right. He's doing something right. Yeah, I'm trying to see some of these. Good for him. Again, I don't know the genre of rap, so some of the people he's with, I don't know if they're really. Okay. All right, Christy Brinkley. She's still amazing at 70 years old. Happy birthday to Christy. Farrah Fawcett was born in this date in 47. We lost her in 2009. Dwayne Chapman, dog, reality star. He is 71 years old. Some guy, music producer called Southside. He has a bunch of tattoos on his face, and he looks like an idiot. He's 35 years old. I don't know who that moron is. But anybody with a bunch of face tattoos, I just it's a hip-hop producer who made a name for himself with his work on songs by prominent trap artists like Gucci Mane and Waka Flocka Flame. He is the co-founder of the production team 808 Mafia, along with Lex Luger. So I've heard of 808 Mafia and Lex Luger. I just didn't know who this guy is. But, uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of silly tattoos on his face, hearts and crosses. And, yeah, he looks like a horse's ass with all those tattoos. Uh, What else do we have here? That's about it. Those are the folks celebrating birthdays today. How about that? And if you love Dead and Company, if you're, you know, a Grateful Dead fan, you know, now you know John Mayer is with this band and what's left of uh of of the Dead. They are going to begin a stint at the Sphere in Las Vegas. So if you want to go get really high and hear some Grateful Dead music in the Sphere, May 16, 17, 18, 24, 25, and 26, May 30 and 31, June 1, 6, 7, 8, 13, 14, 15, 20, 21, and 22. Those are the dates if you want to see Dead and Company in Las Vegas for the Sphere. That's just your high, and you're just seeing all kinds of psychedelic shit coming up on the thing, and you're just listening. By the way, John Mayer, I had no idea a few years back he was this good. No, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I found out about John Mayer being like an ass-kicking guitarist. And I was like, what the? You know, because he had that cheesy, you know, pop music. Right? And then I remember a buddy telling me, you know John Mayer jams? And I'm like, no. And sure enough, it was like Charo. Coochie, coochie, coochie. Like maybe some of you don't know, go go YouTube Charo Flem- Flamenco. Just do that, Charo Flamenco, and it'll come out. And that woman is, you know, and you're like, holy crap! I didn't know she was an ass kicker like that. You know, I I had no idea John Mayer was that good. He's good, and it's not like, and it's not about Grateful Dead music because Grateful Dead music isn't like, oh my God, it's so difficult to play. But John Mayer. That dude can jam, bro. That is, he is a talent. Give him mad props. True Fin Fan, thank you for the love on the super chat, sir. 
fine. Brown C it is. I see you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, True Fin Fan. You could be an American hero, True Fin Fan. You could wipe out Houthis all over the place in the Red Sea. You have the talent. You have the skill. We can make them bigger, stronger, faster. Da, na, na, na. Yes, go ahead. Bag it, tag it, and sell it. That's it. That's what it's all about. We could have Leo Chanel in the 22 draft instead of Tyndall. I like him. Was it Wisconsin, right? Was it Wisconsin? Yeah, good player. Big linebacker. Uh, in the boxing world, bad news. Tyson Fury out. Heavyweight title. That sucks. They promoted that fight hard. Yes, they did. How Danny Crossman has a job. Yes, I am amazed. But they fired his uh, assistant. We found out it's all on his assistant. I understand, oh, says Gordon Shumway. I wasn't sure of Tyndall. I barely have seen him play, saying he's also, he's short. Also leads me to believe he's probably would not be effective on the outside. Yeah, I know. He's probably more of an inside guy, if anything. Andrew Luck is underrated. He was, actually. The Mexican OT, Johnny Dang, is a banger of a track. Uh, Buddy can definitely split bars. Well, there we go. How about FinFan TV knowing about the Mexican OT? And that's Ch- oh, and it's Chad. That's yeah, right. That's right. FinFan TV is Chad. Big O, I'd suggest a tattoo of an actual horse's ass for that dude's face. <laughs> uh, can you ask Sean if he saw the Iron Claw movie, and if he does, if he did, does he recommend it? I have not seen it all the way through. I recommend it. Everybody I've, that's seen it. Uh, loves the movie. It does again. It, it doesn't cover everything because, um, like, there's Chris Von Erich, which isn't mentioned in the story because his story is kind of similar to Mike Von Erich, and they only had two hours to do the movie. So there's some things that depict things, but um, yeah, definitely give it a watch. Yeah. But everything, if you, if you followed that era, some things might be as O was saying about another one, sure. out of, out of place a little bit. But some of it was done. Everything was ran through Kevin Von Erich, knowing the time restraints and different things. So some things are covered, some things aren't. Yeah, if, and if you don't know Motley Crue's history very well, you won't even pick up on the out-of-order stuff that they did in the, uh, in the biography. Uh, Finn, uh, Chad says, John Mayer is a hell of a guitarist. Seen him live a few times. was like 2010 after the Continuum came out. Uh, the John Mayer trio is a hell of a blues trio. Oh, have to listen. No, I've heard, I've heard the... I've never seen him live, but I've heard the music, and I've seen it on YouTube, also his live performances. I've never been to a John Mayer concert, but I was when my buddy told me, I went right away to check it out, and I was blown away. It's like, wow, this guy's good. Ray Gruyon, Charo playing guitar. I remember Coochie Coochie. Alexis says childhood crush was Charo. Yeah, Charo's a fine-ass woman back in those days, but I'm serious. Put Charo Flamenco on YouTube, and you are going to freak out, bro. You're like, wow. Like, wow. It's jaw-dropping how good she is. She's a great musician, man. Uh, Orlando, someone that thoroughly surprised me with his guitar and musical talents is Bernie. Yes, Bernie Williams from the, from the Yankees. Yes. Yes, a jazz guy. I saw him, too. He's pretty good. I agree. I agree. You know who was a pretty, de- a pretty decent drummer? Uh, Denny Green, former coach, rest in peace. That was his uh, passion, drumming. 
You could. He's, there's probably videos out there of him doing interviews and showing the drums and all that. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Green looked like like a cool ass dude, bro. Dennis Green just looked like the kind of coach. One, obviously, all his offenses were always outstanding, so he was a heck of a coach. But he just looked like a cool dude, like the kind of guy you want to work for. You know? Anyone with that many face tattoos looks like a gas station floor bathroom. Yeah, that's about, ac- that's about accurate. Big O, if WWE ruined now because of scandals, it's probably only going to make them stronger, bro. <laughs> You're 100% correct because it got Vince McMahon out of the way. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, again, this goes with, how many people are involved and how many people knew about it. But I think most of the people that are there now, the only thing you can say about the group that's there now is the, the part that Vince McMahon came back. But Vince kind of strong held him to where he wasn't going to sell the company unless he was brought back in. He was brought back in, he sold the company, and then that's when I believe TKO took over. They made him the uh, CEO of the WWE side, but then they quickly started distancing them themselves, which is when I think they started seeing everything that was going on and then Triple H took over the day-to-day and then they slowly removed them. And, and as of right now, Vince McMahon is not even being spoken in WWE. They're, they're, he's Smart. getting the Benoit treatment. He's getting the Chris Benoit treatment. Brock Lesnar was referenced in, in the lawsuit. All his creative plans have been scrapped now. He was supposed to be wrestling Gunther at... WrestleMania, that's out. He's supposed to wrestle Dom Mysterio at the next pay-per-view. That's all gone right now. No creative plans for Brock Lesnar. They are distancing themselves from this whole situation. And the other thing they're doing is they're they're not letting the talent know really what's going on so that it's they're just trying to put it in the rearview mirror and be done with Vince McMahon. I think fans are done with Vince McMahon too. Fans I, I, were done with them before yeah. because the product was getting so stale. It was it was it was repeat raw. Whatever was, you saw the week before, you got the next week and the next week. And now it's getting a breath of fresh air and before yes, Triple H was running it, but Vince McMahon had final say. Vince McMahon has nothing to do with anything anymore and you're starting to see the product look a lot more refreshed and you're seeing some NXT talent come up that have been down in NXT for way too long and now they're also alternating through the show. So they're on Raw, they're on SmackDown, they're on NXT and different things. So you're getting you know, more vision for a lot of the younger talent. Yep, yep, yep. It, it looks like I, I'm not a wrestling guy, and you could tell that it was it's time to move on, bro. Changes have to be made. You had your time. It, it, it comes and it goes, and you got to let it You got to let it ride, man. Uh, Finn, uh, Chad says, my best friend and lead guitarist, singer of a band, played a few shows with Bernie in New York. Bernie is legit, too. Think he might have been nominated. Yes, he was nominated for a Grammy. Yes, yes, he was for one of his albums. You are correct. I remember that. Uh, let's see. Big old Taylor Swift broke the GOP. What is wrong with those people? Like, it is, that is loserville. Like, I saw somebody, what was it? Oh, it was Fallon. You know how Fallon. Uh, if Because I run into Jimmy Fallon at times. I don't watch the show religiously or anything like that, but I do run into his monologue every once in a while on YouTube. 
and it's usually taking shots at Trump. Uh, and, and, and in one of them, they had like a string of idiots on Fox and OAN and all that, and they're all freaking out about Swift. And it's like, and, and even one lady, oh, I think it's like witchcraft. And it's like, what is wrong with you people? It's just two people that are in love and they happen to be famous. And guess what? They're not voting on that side. Who gives a shit? People are going to vote red and they're going to vote blue. Who gives a shit? Who cares? They're all freaking out. Like, what are you freaking out? She's not on your side, so what? You'll have people on your side and you'll have other people against you. It's just the way it is. There are two different people to vote for, two bums, and you're going to pick from one of those bums. What's the difference? That's all. But, man, they are completely – They have. I mean, it, it's embarrassing how much they've lost it. But then again, look at the people that are on there. Not surprised. But I saw it because Jimmy played like a string of, of idiots – You know, and they're all like creating, but that's what they do because their audience is, you know, dumb enough to believe that shit. You know, it's kind of what it is, unfortunately. Just like, are you dumb enough to believe what Javon Holland was selling? You're dumb enough to believe what they sell there on Fox? You go ahead, bro. I mean, I can't help you. I I see people on social media posting the same stuff about Taylor Swift, and it's like, Idiots. Morons. Uh, Big O, on this day, 1959, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper performed for the last time surf ballroom in Iowa. They died in a plane crash the following day. I did not know that. That sucks. Big O, your thoughts on former lead guitarist and player of Collective Soul, Ross Childress. He was amazing uh, epically in the song Why Part 2. I uh, I got to tell you something. I know Collective Soul, but I don't know enough of Ross Childress to comment on how good he is or great he is, to be completely honest. I would have to, like, get into it more and really pay attention. My bad there, my brother. So I, it's hard to comment on something when you're not well-versed in it. Darius Rucker got a – yeah, he got arrested for – Drugs, uh, intoxication, uh, okay. I don't know, but it makes me want to cry. Right, there you go. The GOP has Kid Rock. The Dems have Swift. There you go. See? Everybody gets their own artist. There you go. Be happy. Be in your corner with your crappy uh, candidate. Uh, I'm a veteran and conservative. The only thing wrong with showing T-Swift is she isn't wearing those booty shorts when they show her (laughs) spoken like a true man there you go collective soul kicks ass they do kick ass i've seen them twice in concert i like collective soul i like them that i that i will not deny okay ross childress um i you know i'm not gonna say he's great and he's good or he's bad or he's mediocre he's average because I'd be completely ignorant to say it, because I really don't know. You know, that would be unfair for me to say. I will have to uh, defer to you. Uh, Who was it? Uh, Chris Jordan. I will have to defer to you, sir, because you obviously follow them a lot more than I do and know more about them than I do. 
But uh, I would have to kind of like delve into the catalog and listen good. And, and I, I never thought about Collective Souls guitarist as a, you know, great guitarist. And he might be, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. All right. Uh, appreciate all of you out there as always. Remember, if your business wants to be part of our platform, 786-754-4664. We can do live shows at your uh, business. So uh, please reach out to us. Love to have you on as one of our sponsors. You might be able to sponsor some of our insiders, which is always a very popular segment. Great way to expose your business. Reach out to us, 786-754-4664. That's our business line. That is not a talk line. That's not a uh, request line. None of that, okay? It's purely business, so that's the only reason it should be used. Uh, appreciate all of you out there. Those of you that sent a super chat, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. We thank Larry Schlossberg, Pat Nasto, Tony Stampone, all the amazing people and, of course, Mr. Zinn and the family making it nice and easy for us to be broadcasting here. I believe this is like our 14th or 15th year or something. I lose count already at this point. It's been so long now that they've been uh, great sponsors of ours, and we thank them for that. Uh, we'll be back here in a couple of weeks, as always, at the end of the month. Uh, we will see you on Monday morning, 10 a.m., same time, same place, same bat channel.